I think we're going to do a job on them. And you stop. I would say 15 to 20. No, 15 ish, but like a solid back in your box type moment. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. I'm a little teapot short this time. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, OTBAM. You've uh, joined us mid-nursery rhyme conversation. It's half past seven. It's uh, Friday morning. You're very welcome along. We're with you until ten this morning. I hope you're safe and you're warm wherever it is you are at this morning because it is miserable out there. And I'm sure those conditions are replicated around the country as well. There was snow outside my door this morning, lads. So I presume so. Don't just move on as if I was just randomly talking <laughs> about nursery rhyme. There was a reason for this. We were talking about nursery rhymes. Well, what's the greatest of all the nursery rhymes? Yeah, we were, the conversation. We were power ranking the nursery rhymes. I was saying twinkle, twinkle, little star. I mean, there's so many. For obvious from, reasons. For obvious reasons. Uh, space geek. So yeah. that, was my, that was my one growing up. Colin? I, th- I just want to go back to Humpty Dumpty. Because I couldn't remember if he had a great or a big fall. Definitely a great fall. Great fall. But yeah. then we're to... That's a great, that was a great fall. Oh, great fall. Good fall. Yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, once I caught a fish alive. Yeah. There's a clip that you can at any point. Just clip that up and away we go. That's my, that's, that's my favourite. It's a bit like... Um, I don't know that one. One, two, three, I four, do, five, I, I once know. I caught a fish alive. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then I threw it back again. They wouldn't have it in court, Why maybe. did you throw it back? Because it bit my finger, so which finger did it bite? This little finger on the right. Yeah. And you played both roles of the conversation. Oh, you just talked to yourself, yeah. Old MacDonald oh, had a farm. Right. Another Mainstream, a bit MSM for me, like. A bit MSM, right. <laughs> <laughs> you like your cult classics for nursery. Well, I suppose you gave me a cult classic there because I didn't know about it. Yeah. Give me more nursery rhymes there. Mary had a little lamb. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a little teapot short and stout, um, which I've already, of course, pointed out. I would have expected this level of SHIT talk on, like, uh, Monday morning after the... I know, we were about to get into it and the then Hannah came back to us, you know. He yeah. did. The fact that, like, you have something to be crowing about both of you after the uh, game last night, of course, I would have thought that you'd have been straight in with that, but no, nursery rhymes it is. Nursery rhymes, yeah. yeah. So everything's... We just forget about last weekend now. It's Everything's fine. Now they're back on track. Bruno Fernandes, the greatest captain of all time. No. Look at that goal he scored. And then also nearly, like, broke a man's leg in half. Uh, the highlight of my night was um, Vaud Veghorst appearing to be almost in tears at the emotion of yeah. scoring a goal. Was that, wh- what was that emotion about? Relief. The, the, as a striker, he hadn't scored in, in ages. He scored once. It was the League Cup semi-final first leg away to Nottingham Forest. He scored mm. um, similar type goal. Uh, similar, goal, similar distance but yeah. different, went in differently and his first goal at Old Trafford for United in front of the Stratford yeah. end right because I wasn't sure if it, he had, cause he looked as if he couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo last night and I wasn't sure if it was just within the game that See, he was suddenly like oh, he I, gets a lot of criticism I, I mean, he was doing okay with the chance he was getting blocked so one of the shots went wide for a goal kick no, but then it appeared in the one replay of them, he somehow managed to kick over the crossbar from two yards out luckily, yeah, luckily he was goal. offside, offside so that wouldn't have yeah. counted but it was a bad miss yeah that was it was that was horrendous he scored the same number of goals as Richardson this season Two goals, yeah. both cup competitions. Yeah. But the thing about Vegas is he plays all the time. Yeah, like he's. I think he started every game he's available for. That's a, is that an indictment? Yeah, I think. Well, I think Tanag is just so adamant that he wants to play the target man. Just and, and Anthony Martial is missing. Is he? Um, he's. He's. Uh, uh, this for him was probably success, but like he's looking a bit like a cult hero. United. Bit like Odion O'Gallo three years ago. Remember O'Gallo yeah, kind he's of not developed. A hero. He did in O'Gallo. Yeah, at the time, I remember people thinking, "Geez, pleasantly surprised by O'Gallo, especially in the Europa League. He was brilliant." Uh, but then he just kind of faded away, I guess. But I mean, like 
you nearly forget Zlatan Ibrahimovic's influence on Manchester United because he faded away as well but he was so brilliant in his like a cult hero is like which a, actually culminated in trophies Andre Kanchelskis and Solskjaer is a bit, a bit more than a cult hero I think I, I, is that's he? a good question I don't, I'm not what? sure that he is how, yeah. no he's not how, how would you upgrade him scoring the winner in the Champions League final like that's a but like the super sub moniker dictates that he's maybe. never going to be like a club legend sorry he is a club legend but maybe, maybe that's the answer does a cult hero Brian um, Clare yeah, me, me. I suppose if you if you speak to people that were uh, alive and well during the McClare era, they would say oh, he's more than a cult hero. He wasn't he was, Mark Hughes. He or was Eric quite Cantona. central to everything. I but think, does a cult hero is it defined by uh, essentially a player who plays above themselves consistently? Is that what you think when you think I, of a cult I, hero? My definition of a cult hero would be somebody who is who the fans are trying to say. Ah, we, we love you really, even though you're not great. Oh, I like, thought it was more praiseworthy than that. No, I don't think. I think like a Liverpool cult hero couldn't be Xabi Alonso, but it could be Luis Garcia. You know? Garcia is probably a good example because he scored so many important goals mm. during that Champions League run. True. Like the Juventus Valley at Anfield. Yeah, I think you have to be a little bit Chelsea not crap goal. but but just on, I, that's on a I, would, I would go with that, Jen. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kachelskis was a very good player, but he's a cult hero. We have the ultimate one here. Live chat, Emma Carroll. Divock. Oh, Divock Origi yeah, for Liverpool. That's, that's it. Like, like yeah. scoring. How many crucial goals has, did Origi score for Liverpool over there? Probably half a dozen. Like Merseyside Derby, he used to flourish in. Yeah. Barcelona, famous finish from Trent Alexander-Arnold's corner. Yeah, that's, that's a cult hero, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, um, fact. I'm so reluctant to open this little can of words from gonna Shifty say. lad here, but uh, good morning to you, Shifty. Uh, Jason Park was a cult hero. <laughs> Jason Park was slightly above the I think so, yeah. I think he was at one point, but then he became so important to the side. Well, you, Shane is going to say that anyway. An imperative player. No, around uh, 08 or 09, when, when Ferguson left him out of the Champions League squads yeah. in the final, a uh, cult hero then. But I think he became, he actually became so central to United. Yeah, crucial in to South games. Korea, but getting to World Cup semi final as well. That's you it. Know, this, yeah. is a, this is a player with, with talent. Mm. Um, Big game player. On last night's games, the first three goals at Old Trafford were fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, Iosi Perez on loan from Leicester City oh yeah half volley half, brilliant half volley it was a half volley that one there's no <laughs> argument here well the, the one thing that we uh, that was a volley kind of worms. no 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 that, the, the well, one, one thing that we haven't actually so have any debate about was what it, it conscious to half volley everybody's yeah, yeah, agreed that, that was, there was no yeah but some people were adding like when oh, he was, was a half volley stuff going on Shane there was people saying the ball had bounced off the ground and was still a volley there was all yeah, which, which it was which Kevin Gaban agreed with as you as you might have heard during I the know, week. but he's looking, he's a bit detached from football over there we have to cut him cut him some slack I'm gonna I'm gonna say 110 caps gives him a, a leg to stand on personally speaking mm. you yeah. look like you're about to say something there or oh, I'm just I'm trying to think back of the three goals myself up yeah to the well there. the uh, Marcus Rashford's first goal I mean he's in such brilliant form that you'd like you'd actually take for granted a finish like that but what a what a finish Brilliant. like Claudio Bravo like didn't uh, cover himself in glory too often in Manchester City but really could do nothing with that 39 years of age flew by him um, and just even the touch to settle himself and the best defender falling on the ground 25 goals this season for Rashford fifth in the Europa League he's remember this time last season people were saying he could go if he wants yeah 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 he only scored that, five goals if, last if he, season or something. Eric Ten Hag's under a little bit more scrutiny this last week but what he's done at Rashford is, is remarkable uh, John Claffey says Henrik Larsson's time at United. I don't know that that you see cult hero for me. Yeah, that's actually different. need to be there for a, a, an extended period of time as well. No, I would say yeah, I, I don't think time is too important. It's yeah. what you do with your time. But I think with Larsson, it's an interesting one with Larsson. I don't think it's quite a cult hero. I just think I just think he did well. Do you know, I don't. Yeah. I think I just kind of think that's where it starts and ends with uh, Larsson. Nigel United. Gallagher says I think Veghorst probably knows that his days are numbered at that level. So scoring a goal for United in Europa League is a few boxes ticked. That's uh, what I was thinking when he touched the Anfield sign. He probably won't play there again. So. I'll do it while I can. 
Ridiculous. We'll he's living the dream, Feltfeger. He's playing at a level above him and the teammates really like him and he does provide a service up front like he's not a bad player by any means. Well, the biggest day in Veghorst's life was the day Eric Ten Hag, a Dutchman, was named Manchester United manager because that was the blessing that he got. That was, that was the moment that he became a future Manchester United player. Yeah. Do you know? So, he's, yeah, he's living the dream. Let him at it. And, and look, he... He does need to score more goals. Let him, goals. Him, add it. Let him add it, His contract is up until the end of the season, and then it's like mm. see see what happens. He'll end up. He'll end up. The Emma's Divock Origi shout. That's probably how he'll end up. Like he won't end up that that, 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 that well thought off. He needs no, to no. Score sorry, more, I don't mean in that. I don't mean in that regard at all. I mean more in terms of yeah. he'll be on the bench next season. They'll, yeah. they'll give him another year because he's done half a job for them. He'll end up making so? ten appearances, play a bit of League Cup. That's what happened. A Gallo. Go back to that example. He got his contract extended. Um, I can't see Vegas staying beyond I suppose it's what happens in the summer and who else they get in if they sign Kane or, or <laughs> yeah, Osman or whatever yeah. we're getting a few shouts in here John O'Shea Darren Fletcher I thought he's oh, Anderson da, where, 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 the John O'Shea shout see like we John O'Shea like was a brilliant player for United yeah over, I, and look I, that's going to open a floodgate of a million more comments of he was an average player in an unbelievable team but he was really good at United for a couple of years What's fun about O'Shea? Um, yeah, he started off brilliantly. He didn't hang around. When he, he played left back in about 02, 03 when he broke into the team and he was excellent. Sylvester moving to the centre with Ferdinand. But I often find after that then he got moved around a lot, like you say. First, he played in every single position which is remarkable in itself. He won everything. Mm. But I, I think what O'Shea was... Could that, say O'Shea was versatile maybe. Uh, yeah, is that a when I think his man, I think his style was so awkward looking <laughs> yeah. that it made him look like an, a worse player than he actually was. You know, Because he looked... He was quite cumbersome in possession and he... It was just the way he moved. It didn't look very natural, but in fact, he was a brilliant player. Mm. And I, I, I'd say he's well beyond cult. Pa- Paolo he's, Canio. he's never great. Paolo De Canio, Darren Coy says. That's a good shout. Mm. Like he, he's a cult. He's the definition of a cult hero. Oh, no, he? I think he's way beyond. He's one of West Ham's greatest players of the modern era. I think that's way beyond cult. You think it? so? I think so, yeah. I, I suppose it's quite, it's quite subjective, isn't maverick. it? Maverick. He's a maverick then. Yeah, Maverick's different. Maverick cult. and cult hero are yeah. different. Um, right. Gabriel Ainsley, oh God, no. We, we're going to be coming back to this, um, I'm sure, over the course of the show, yeah. people will be in contact. Um, but the, sorry, the, um, Real Betis should have gone 2-1 up before half-time. Yeah, they yeah. hit the post and David De Gea's distribution was dreadful all night. He looked shell-shocked from Anfield. Really poor. <clears throat> and I think United did okay. I think Betis were excellent in the first half. And it is actually a shame for the contest that they fell away so significantly in the second half because mm. I think United had it a bit too easy and I would have loved if Betis had scored that goal where the ball hit the post just yeah. before half time to go 2-1 up I would have loved to have seen United's reaction because that would have made the second leg so much more interesting That's an unusual comment from a United fan No, I'd, I'd just like to see an interesting challenge I mean I'm not, I'm not really talking about it as a fan I'm just talking about it I think it would have been an interesting study So, if, so you're at a, hypothetically you're at a Cork Limerick All-Ireland Hurling final the game is no, I would Cork are up by a point I'd like Limerick to score now just to, no. just yeah. to make it interesting Fair. here, do you know? No, no, the, no. that's a the totally different... Uh, wasn't the test going, like, wasn't the test being, you know, as you say, I wouldn't say it was dominant necessarily because Betis were very much in the game in the first half, but like going 1-0 up and looking as if there was every possibility they could go 2-0 up and then going one all and it'd been a bit of a reality check and given what happened last weekend... The doubt could very easily start to set it. Was that not the test that they no, actually bumped back? I don't think it would have been any harm to go behind, to be honest, because I think a, a draw is <laughs> a different level. It wouldn't be any harm to go behind. I don't think so. That's very unusual. I, I just would have wanted, <laughs> wanted to see the second half reaction. I don't think it's unusual at all. I think it would have been it made a far more interesting game. 
I think when United made it 2-1 I just didn't fancy Bettis getting back in. By the way Anthony that. Anthony doesn't know how to score a normal goal Oh my god He can only score worldies And he also he also scores the same goal every time yeah. and yet he basically says to the defender I'm going to cut in on my left foot now and curl one mm. but I'm telling you I'm going to do it and then I'm going to he's do like it He's like Arjen Robin slowed down isn't he Yeah He just scores the same goals I'm sure I was in Old Trafford when he scored the same against Bar- Barca Now it was a lower finish into the bottom left corner but he just does that constantly I'm still frustrated by him I think a lot of United fans are but hmm. um, has that in the locker ML89 on YouTube makes a very good point and I'm assuming that he's talking about John O'Shea here too Irish United fans he's a club legend to the rest of the world he's probably a cult hero he's Darren Fletcher level a lad Fergie liked so kept him and knew he'd fill a gap yeah mm. that's fair yeah um, Oscars weekend by the way I presume you'll both be up burning the midnight oil so it'll be, it'll be dominating your chat on Monday show yeah, yeah. I was up I was up late last year with the brother for some reason watching I could have been watching UFC or something and um then we got news of the Will Smith slap. We we're like, What's going on here? Will Smith Will Smith got up on stage, we were like, Oh that this is obviously this is this is a staged uh, performance mm. and then we quickly realised, no, this this absolutely is not staged. Right. This has got a bit of a bit of heat behind it. Well we're gonna have we're surely gonna have a few Oscar winners on Monday morning you'd hope you'll so. be lauding. Yeah. Did you see Chris Rock's special on Netflix? He addresses it. Saw the clip, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he saying? Very, gets very angry. Was he? Yeah, I mean, the comedy goes out the window. He just he right. gets so angry that he um, messes up one of his jokes. He and does. I was like, I messed that up. Is this a stand-up like, show? Going. Yeah. It was a live, live-streamed live Netflix yeah. special. So you can watch it back. Oh. And uh, it was interesting. Awkward, I, th- I think. I mean, you you listen to the start of it and you're like, you're on kind of his team. You're like, yeah, fair play, Chris. And then the more he talks, I'm like, mm, okay. Doubles down. I hang it back now a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's no better than Will Smith for doing it, from what he says, I think. Yeah, right. yeah. What are we thinking Personally. about the new logo? Uh, the, the Irish Irish football. Mm. football. What is it? Irish there we go there on the screen. Ireland football. I, I really like the logo. The Ireland football thing doesn't make sense. Unless they're... they're if they were going to use the same and say Ireland hockey, Ireland badminton, and use the same one and just change the word at the bottom, then I'd kind of understand it. Have a bit of a uniformity to our Irish sports. But it uh, uh, looks a bit strange. It's a, local, football part. it's a local you'd see in a bar in Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always sunny in Philadelphia. I think, um, That's the vibe of it. I th- so forget about, take the shamrock out of it for a second, right? I think all the other stuff is really nice. I, there has been a bit of a debate online about maybe it should have been Era across the top of it. I've sort of a slightly weird relationship with Era in that yeah. I don't know quite from an official point of view where that's coming from. But regardless, I like that outer circle. I like yeah. the two dots either side of it. And I like all that stuff that's going on. I would totally agree with the shamrock. I think it looks like if somebody, they, they jumped on some AI bot and went, hey, we're designing a new Irish logo. What do you think should go in the middle? I think a shamrock should go in the middle and here's what that should, it looks like a very computer generated image. I think, oh, it should be a shamrock, shouldn't it? It well, should be, but I just think that particular shamrock is just, it's very, compu- it looks like a very computer generated image. What, what else you put in the middle? The spire maybe? No, I think you could have put a, could have put a shamrock in there just get somebody to right, draw it or something like <clears> that brings a bit of life to it. I, I didn't mind the shamrock, I have to say. I, I think generally speaking it's a nice mix of green, white and orange. I like it. It's it's a nice it's a nice symbol yeah it's the wording that people are giving out about but I mean people get used to things don't they Ireland Ireland football I get used to that yeah uh, it's not bad so Ireland football is what now we're saying Ireland football now because they've changed some of their handles online and stuff so Ireland, Ireland yeah. football aspect of it is the separate to the FAI so that's yeah. the men's national team and the women's national team I believe so and, and the FAI is more the administrative aspect though okay. it'll help to get in the sponsors the yeah. corporate uh, end of things will will hopefully take a boost now because no one wants to really sponsor with the, the FAI's I image at times but think? Ireland football is separate to the FAI now they're two different it's almost like the football and the corporate side are different entities so mm. it's probably it's probably wise moving the FAI's behalf 
Um, but they need uh, to start fresh. They need to attract commercial interest. They yeah. need to. They really do need to start again. Like I'm always skeptical of like a new era, a brand new era when it's exactly the same institution. But in this case, I think it needs to be done. But also, there's so much goodwill towards this Irish team in the large. Like the attendances show that a lot of people want this team to do well. Like I know a lot of people are skeptical about the management. Uh, but I think besides that, I think there's a lot of goodwill towards the players certainly coming through. Like mm. it, it is an exciting time for Irish football, regardless of who's in charge. So look, it's it's definitely moving in the right direction. But it was like the nadir of the end of 2019. <laughs> it's not too hard to go above that, you know. Mm. And now what? What are we? Just over three years on, and it's looking a lot better. I don't mind this personally. I don't mind the new look. Ash, it's grand. That's, I think. that's uh, Colm's way of saying it's not. I like it. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's yeah. good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I do want to mention before we move on to anything oh, else yeah. Sporting 2 Arsenal 2 last night in the Europa League Arsenal got a very fortuitous second goal from the deflection mm. however mm. a man that was discussed earlier on the show this week very unexpectedly on Monday morning after the match had happened Gabriel Martinelli is he world class a debate ensued between Nathan Murphy and Daniel Harris well last night he nearly scored one of the world-class European goals. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen this, he ran half the pitch. Mm. I think he took on about four sporting players. And just when he should have taken a shot, he tried to do one more. He went round the keeper, but his angle was cut off. And mm. that was the end of the goal opportunity. But it would have been incredible. Lucas Mora nearly scored a very similar goal for PSG before his Spurs days. I think he actually did even better again. Ran the whole pitch. And I think he hit the post or something like that. That's how close you are. It's a legendary status. Um, Martin Eddie had scored that goal last night right after Nathan had said this guy's world class or potentially so. Would have made Nathan Murphy safe. That's another Imro secured. Because it was a bad night for, Mur- for Nathan Murphy when Bruno Fernandes shows up and has a probably man of the match performance. And look, his, so. his uh, captaincy wouldn't be in question last night if you just based it on that game. Mm. He wasn't given out he wasn't gesticulating widely when his teammates did, gave the I ball away. I don't know if I mentioned earlier on, he, he didn't really break down. a man's leg, though. He did. I mean, absolutely. He should, have been, he should have been Richard sent Dunham, off. Was it Richard Dunham? He was, yeah. Made, made, yeah. The, made the point, or was it Damien Delaney? Shoot, I can't remember. But somebody said, if that had been done to him, imagine the reaction. Uh, yeah. Actually, that was a very good point. Yeah, that's fair. But like, He's an awful winger. He is, he is yeah. But he, he like visibly toned it down last night. It'll be interesting to see if he maintains that. I'm sure... He played last night as if he's very aware of the criticism we, that he's gotten the last week. There was a discussion in the office between a few of us this morning. Which f- professional footballer would you most like to, like, you know, shoulder? Give a, give a good, that, hard, that, fair was, shoulder. That, that was the wording, uh, yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Tone down a little bit, maybe. But Bruno Fernandes, I'd say, for, for 19 out of 20 mm. fans of clubs in the Premier League would be, would be the pick. Jordan Pickford was a name mentioned. Richarlison. Andy Robertson, I think, is another one that winds, winds opposition fans ah, up. Ah, I don't know. He's too... There's no. a bit of crack about him. There's a bit of crack about him, surely. He's not on, on the... Like, there's a lot of redeeming fa- fa- oh, factors. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Harvey Elliott, Harvey Elliott was another one. He seems harsh. Pickford? Yeah. Oh, but he winds everyone up, doesn't he? No, he just has his reputation for uh, overreacting to any yeah. incident at all Ball that happens his around his goal. Out of it. It's kind of funny. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have any uh, bad will towards him. No. I had to pick one, actually. Um... By the way, I, uh, I want to let people know that we've had some good comments in already. And for the best comment today, am I right? Am I, am I, am, is this correct? For the best comment today... You started it now. Uh, no. No? No. But you well, it's tell, too people, late now. tell people about it. For the best uh, comment today, you're going to pick yourself up a copy of... Um, is that not right? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Well, you said it now. <laughs> uh, Girls in Green is a brand new book. And it's the brainchild of Stewie Byrne, of, uh, often of this parish, and Shauna Cook, sometimes of this parish... 
uh, two Shelburne legends, Sean, a former Ireland international. It's called Girls in Green. It's a colouring book. It says, uh, add some colour to the Irish women's football team and their path to the World Cup. It's from the publishing house Game We Love. And it's a really lovely production. There's loads of stuff in there, little stories to sort of describe uh, the pictures. It's really nice. And it tells the story of how Ireland made it to the World Cup and a few other little bits and pieces as well. Some inspirational quotes. This is going to be a, a big hit in my house. I know that for sure. If you're interested in uh, picking up a copy, best comment today, uh, between now and 10 this morning, is going to win themselves. Uh, whether Cullman's it or not. It's only it's one of 100, isn't it? This. Yeah. Limited edition. It is a limited edition and we are going to have Stewie and Sean in the studio a little bit later on as well to discuss a little bit more of that. They'll sign it for us. So, best comment of the day, Shane. You can be the arbiter. Right. Fair enough? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. What the best comment of the morning is. Um, here's what else is coming up between now and 10 this morning. We've uh, Ronan O'Garistan uh, and by. We're going to chat to him about, obviously, the latest weekend of Six Nations Rugby. A uh, pretty uh, interesting uh Weekend to look ahead to as well. Nardine Chowdhury is going to join us. He was with us last Friday. What a week it's been if you're a Manchester United fan, which as he told us last week, he's not a football fan, he's a Man United fan. And he's going to pick up the bones of last night and I'm sure uh, we might dip back into last weekend as well. Alan Quinlan again will preview uh, the Ireland-Scotland game. Stewie Byrne and Shauna Cook will be with us in studio at ten past nine uh, to discuss this. We might also pepper them a little bit around the League of Ireland and a few more bits and pieces as well. So we're also going to have the Friday Fire Pit, I should mention too. Um... Have we decided topics for that yet, or are they still yeah. in the kindling? Colm knows them there, does he? Yep. Oh, you're keeping, you're keeping do you want to do you want to like, cards close to the chest? On, throw something no, we'll 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 talk about a, a few interesting topics, no doubt. Jerseys, perhaps on the back of the new logo. Favorite jerseys. Uh, send in your favorite jerseys. Could be any sport; doesn't have to be football. Favorite jerseys throughout the years. Could talk about that all day. Um, also, if you could relive uh, an amazing sporting moment, what would it be? Match. And if you could get a tattoo, I want to do the. I want to do this one as well. If we have time, if you if you could get a tattoo of a fa- famous sporting quote, I have one in mind already. What tattoo would it be, or what the quote would it be rather? Also, in honour of Stewie Byrne coming in, send in your jokes. Send in your jokes. Yeah. That's you scouting around, workshopping what your next tattoo is going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred so percent. Something I, really long. I do. If, if someone sends in a really good suggestion, I make the promise that I'll actually get the tattoo. No way. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that is that's big a departure. And I'll, I'll film. I'll film the whole process. Where are you going to get it? Where? It, where where in your body are you going to get it done? Um, specific maybe myself. somewhere on my arm, maybe. Okay. Yeah. If right. it's good, if it's a good quote, I have one in my in, my, in mind, but uh, but I'll see what people's reaction to it later on is. Yeah. Probably a Malachi Roark quote, is it? <laughs> it's not. Come on, you can Hunt Malachi Roark's name. Hot Monaghan, mate. Farney Army, yeah. Colin, it's been such a delight. Thank you so much for having me. Last twenty odd minutes. Thanks many for coming in. Thanks. You make it so easy, and I hopefully see you again down the line. OTBM, which you let labs we get the uh, ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now and as I said lots to come we're going to kick things off uh, with Ronan Agari good morning Ronan morning how are you boys how are you getting on the weather must be pretty good over there because it's miserable here oh it's freezing yeah yeah I'm not over there though I ah. <laughs> I snuck away for three days to we test your geography now uh, to Tagazoot Tagazoot Tagazoot. Yeah, well, we have to keep going now because <laughs> you don't know where I am. Um, is it... Uh, sounds like uh, sort of French, almost like Moroccan. Getting distracted here by Alan Quinlan outside. Very, seven up very warm. Well done. You um, got it in one. All right. What did you say, Morocco? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good shot. Making my, making my debut in Morocco at 46 years of age, so... <laughs> Jesus. Um, have you... Interesting, interesting place. Only here, only arrived when last night, is it? I have to go home Sunday morning, so. Um, but, you, uh, blast the sun, yeah. 
Blastason. Blastason. I thought you might have declared, you might have done like a, um, what's his name from Munster, whose name is totally got out of my head, Ben Healy. Yeah. Would, would you have always, I always wonder that with travelling. Like you, you seem, you, you strike me as a man who would like to travel, Rog, but I suppose when you're a, a rugby player and you're, you're talented at 21, you don't get to do the J1 and the interrail and all that, all that, all that sort of thing. You miss out on a few things. Oh yeah, well, yeah, well, I think that's very uh, consistent with a lot of mindsets of playing too. You know, I've been around the world yet; I've seen none of it because you go bus to training ground to hotel, bus training ground. Wednesdays was a day off. A lot of the lads actually, in fairness, sort of went and got to see things on their day off. But Wednesday's a big kicking day for test kickers, you know. So you're that's your one focus where you can, I suppose, get the work in uh, because it's not too late in the week to tweak something um, and you need to get repetition in. So Wednesday, yeah, I could have organised myself most definitely to go kick in the morning and uh, go enjoy yourself in the afternoon, but it was kind of more back to the for the uh, hotel and lock yourself up in the room and pretend you're, you're preparing well, you know, which obviously isn't the case with hindsight. <laughs> Stick on a couple of episodes of Friends or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, you have two weeks before the next game, is that it? And so just if- uh, well, not no, sure. One week is gone, would you believe? So we're, there's no top fourteen this weekend, no top fourteen the following weekend, and then um, back into top fourteen, and then you're up the following week. So it's getting exciting notes. It's um, getting close to um, you know elimination in both competitions, obviously. So. Um, that's that's when it becomes uh, interesting. Well, look, given you're away, we uh, uh, thanks for uh, taking the call uh, <laughs> because uh, I'm thank you in Morocco. Say, Listen, lad, you can uh, you can take a break this week. So let's get into it. Um, obviously, with the Scotland match and Finn Russell, particularly because we've chatted to you uh, with you about him a lot over the last couple of years. And like, there's a what's the nature? Do you still have a contact with him? I know you like there was a bit of a relationship there at some point. Uh yeah, I, you know, from playing in France, obviously, are two foreigners. Obviously, I never played with Ryan Coach in there, so he would have been friends with, or is friends with Donica Ryan and uh, Simon Zebo and all the racing guys and Mike Prendergast. But uh, what's good in France, actually, before the games, you, I mean, if you play at nine o'clock, you, you'd meet them for coffee the day of the game, uh, just to chat. Uh, and so when we went up, La Rochelle went up to racing, I met him and just, he's someone that's very, easy to speak to very friendly and um, you just kind of he was obviously in a little bit of um, no man's land and wondering where uh, where he may end up you know and uh, he's obviously an attractive proposition to try and sign uh, but Jimmy the discussions didn't get off the ground and the fact that you know, I mean I wouldn't have a budget to sign Finn Russell um, at, at club level so uh, we had a bit of a, a joke and a laugh about about one or two things and then um you know what I mean he, he goes on but you can um you know you you can um see i suppose his strengths and his weaknesses in 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 um in in a lot of games but his upside is huge and his obviously his downside is uh it can be a d- devastatingly uh disappointing but uh you know what I mean? Is it someone that you'd like to work with? Yes, he is. I think he saved the Lions Tour. That's quite a big statement. But mm-hmm. he alone, probably, when he came into it, he saved that because it was a COVID tour, which had 
completely fallen for the style of rugby that was played and also uh, the lack of atmosphere in the game. But he came in and, and he played heads up rugby and I think he, he, he saved the face of rugby in that in that tour for me. I think he's um, like a million quid a year at Bath. I don't know if that's uh, if that's uh, how accurate that is, but I think that was a number. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. It's 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 a lot of money for one player. You want to be obviously. selling a lot of coffee for that? Yeah, you do exactly. You know, and I think the way it's made in England, isn't it? In the Premiership, though, there's two players who um, escaped the salary cap and they're known as marquee players. So you can pay them exactly what you want and how you like. You know, so there's yeah. obviously. Um, golden rules for certain players, and and that's that's the way it is. So that's no fault of Finn Russell's, you know. He's he's accepting a contract he's been offered, so more power to him. Do you just throw it out to him by because it'd be a great fit? I mean, imagine the excitement of him playing in a Ronan Gara team. Do you just throw it out there by way of like half grin, sort of? I mean, we could do this if you were up for it. No, and exactly, it's can. Very much happen. It's and for, happen very quickly. But um, I mean, the major stumbling block is the guys <clears throat> and competitors want they want to play rugby and they want to enjoy themselves. And the finance is another uh, component that's very important because it's not like soccer. Obviously, that guys have to continue working when they're finished their playing days. But um, the the difference between what I had potentially available and what he merits. Or, or warrants or um, would be a respectful offer wasn't even um, close so you can't make an offer on with you touched on just a little bit earlier on there when you mentioned about he his sort of um, I can't remember exactly how you worded it but uh, maybe I might summarise it as a consistency bit uh, with his um, performances he seems to be in an unbelievable vein of form at the minute in terms of the consistency aspect of things what do you have you noticed that or what do you put it down to and uh, leading on from that, how do we stop him? Yeah, I think I've probably been, because I'm over here, but like you got to understand he's, everyone has a snapping point and I think he's very close to it. He, he played a game last Saturday night and it finishes close to midnight, uh, which is a really, really, really important club game for his club. But I think... That's for me is when you know the player. So when you understand what goes through the head of, of, of a test player in Six Nations, he doesn't want to be next or near the club game. And he's earned the right to pick his games and the fact that he wants to play his best rugby for Scotland. But you can imagine he's not going to say, because his club is paying his wages, that I'm not up for this. But like he had a very good 50 minutes against Toulouse and then kicked four out of four. And then the last 50 minutes... Uh, because of his workload up to then, he's still probably one of the only players in the championship that's playing test game, club game, test game, test game, club game, on the bench club game, test uh, test game, club game. You know, his workload is is double, triple. And then you've got to factor in travel over and back to camp in Scotland. And, uh, you know, so essentially his performance... Um, completely dipped in the last 20 minutes in, in the Toulouse game and he missed three kicks at goal which probably comes down to fatigue and he also missed um, a kind of match point shall we say a penalty to racing 40 metres out from the Toulouse loan he was aggressive with his kick but too aggressive and missed uh, touch touching goal scrum back four minutes to go massive release of pressure 
Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, the question I was probably asking in my head is that um, he is a very special player, but does he need to be on the pitch at that stage? Um, mm. You mean I, I know the 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 racing number second choice ten are are. Um, isn't as good, but with his workload, I think it probably would have been uh, a little bit smarter to have have him removed because he's like all players. The, the Six Nations is a very, very special uh, tournament, and per- players really prioritise that. It's funny, Ronan. Like Finn Russell, for me, probably typifies the importance of the the out half coach relationship. Like himself and Gregor Townsend have, have fallen out many times, and and yet here they are at the pinnacle of, of the Six Nations. Um, and Finn Russell is playing brilliantly well. Like it doesn't surprise me to, to hear that you get on well, so well with him. Like there's a, there's almost a bit of a Ronnie O'Sullivan about him. There's a, a cheek and a glint in the eye. So there's a bit, of, there's a bit of something else with, with Finn Russell. And yet he's hyper focused yeah, when he very, needs to be. That's a very good comparison, I think. You know, uh, in, in terms of the talent, obviously he doesn't have the the trophies to back that up. You know, because Ronnie O'Sullivan is the best of the best. No, <laughs> that's a fair point. So that, that's a Dan character, you know. Um, so, but uh, talent-wise, I think yeah, I, I would agree with you. Uh, and probably where I think, and the big difference he's made in the last twenty-four months is probably consistency of performances. Uh, I think when he went off, probably uh, form in the past, it was probably for periods of game. When he goes off form at the minute, it's for little moments in the game, it, it, and that's the way he plays. And I think that's okay. But I agree. I think. Uh, once he feels he has your trust, I think, which he probably didn't have with Gregor Townsend up to probably this campaign, uh, you can see that he uh, he's a very uh, very interesting player to have in your group, and and that was proven when he was working with Mike Prendergast in, in racing. You know, kind of uh, they had a fantastic relationship, still still do, and you could see that. Uh, I mean, Finn at times was was unplayable in the top fourteen because of I suppose. Uh, the the mindset Mike was able to create for, to have Finn happy in his mind. Mm. Andy Farrell could do worse from what you're saying than uh, pick up the phone to Mike Prendergast this week and uh, look. No, but we're spent whatever 10, 15 minutes, and we're all we're doing is talking about Finn Russell and Scotland. <laughs> There's so many players like that in the Irish team that we can talk yeah. about for for 10, 15 minutes. I think that's probably a key point. You know, where you look at the team Ireland are going to pick this week again, and it's such quality, the 23, and for me. You know, I mean, there's uh, hysterics about Owen Farr being dropped for England. Owen Farr hasn't been dropped for England. Owen Farr is going to finish the game. And as a coach, I can tell you, sometimes you want to finish with your best 15. So this little hullabaloo about, oh, he's lost his place, I wouldn't read it at all like that. I just think, um, I mean, England are looking to start one way and I think they're looking to finish another way. And you've got two gems in, in Farrell and Smith. And I agree, I think, two of them... Starting the game is maybe not the way to go, but I think you'd see both of them have a big say on Saturday. But all, all you can see in the lead up to the game is is that they've gone for for Smith over Farrell, but uh, that may not be the thinking, you know. It's very interesting that you would put it that way, and a hullabaloo is, of course, the right way of putting it. And like because I'm looking at the um, Borthwick interview, going, there's something else in his mind. He's not authentically answering the question when he gets asked about it right because he's given to be fair a version of what you're saying there the only sort of slight argument for what you're saying is that every coach up to this point has managed to find room for him it's not always a 10 of course but they've managed to find room for him in there somewhere which 
presumably there is some sort of a seed of doubt with Borthwick around him. Otherwise, he'd have him in the team. Yeah, but that is, that's, that's what the coach's job is, you know. He, he He's earned the right to coach England and now he's 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 doing it. And that's why the coach has a huge role, a huge role because selection and combinations and timing and uh, playing certain guys with certain people or not with others is hugely important. And that's is what he'd be judged on. So he's gone for this option. And, um, you know, I think... Let's let's just watch and maybe see that uh, he, his thinking is ahead of ours mm. or certain people because I, I like the the idea of of, of launching uh, Smith, giving him control, letting him have a crack at the at the week, seeing seeing what he can do. You need two of them either way. They're not far away from a World Cup. It's a big game. It's a better game for put it this way. I don't think you can start Smith in Dublin ahead of. Uh, at 10 as opposed sorry that's the wrong language I think it is a much better choice by Bartwick to start Smith in Twickenham with 80,000 people roaring him on than starting him in the Aviva when you're going to have whatever 40, 50,000 people um, hoping he makes an error every time he touches the ball so that's for me is setting up a, a young 10 to succeed put him in a in a non-hostile environment in a in a warm kind of comforting stadium where he'd have his teammates and the public roaring man. So I, I, I like that choice. Yeah, it's a horses for courses thing, basically is what you're saying. Well, Farrell is proven and will be proven yeah. and is a winner and is a competitor and is not going to sulk because he's not in the starting team. You know he's going to be good to go. There's probably a lot more question marks over Smith at this level, but uh, England have a good draw in the World Cup. They're not going to win the Six Nations, so maybe... There's some great, um, I suppose, um, learnings for them over the next two weeks. I've been thinking uh, it's a classic Irish mentality that it hasn't been a vintage Six Nations. And, you know, Ireland are sort of, I, let's not use the language of running away, but certainly ahead of the pack at the minute. And let's see what happens this weekend on the basis that maybe some of the rest of them are, haven't been quite up to it. I would be very interested in your thoughts on that, given the uh, years, obviously, that you would have been involved with Ireland and how rare it is that success comes around. Well, it's been, I think it's been a brilliant Six Nations. I think it's been quality games, you know. I think uh, I was in the ground for Ireland-France, a fantastic game. Um, the Scotland-France game was a, was a, was a very good game. Um, I mean, Italy-Ireland was a fantastic game. And Ireland made a few changes, and you could see that, you know, it isn't beyond the realms of possibility as we've seen from the analysis on, on this show. That, you know, I mean, Italy could could have taken the lead with, uh, with less than twelve minutes to go, Adrian. Yeah. So that's all you look for in these games, you know. But it's been a fantastic competition. Which, you mean, you look at the finish, um, England have so England have. France at home and away to Ireland so from their point of view that their competition is only really starting again uh, and Ireland have been models of consistency with every team looking to beat them and uh, in regard to Scotland they have been um, improving quickly and consistently and they have threats all over the park which a lot of people probably underappreciate uh, because their back three with Hogg and Van der Merv are, are 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 very very dangerous players. Their centres are playing together. Um, 
a lot. And with Finn Russell, anything in that regard can happen. And I think they've added a bit of steel up front. I think Johnny Sexton was getting a little bit annoyed uh, during the week. He was saying one of the press conferences, Irish Rugby tagged him in a post that he didn't quite appreciate about the 557 points haul and the record and chasing it down. Uh, which he kind of said, you know, I suppose adds a little bit of pressure to him. He said it's not it's not a record running that he that he's ever sought out to to catch. He's only seven points off, so could could uh, hunt you down this weekend potentially. Like I'm sure it gets annoying for a player because every second journalist wants to ask you about the the points record when, when you're that close to it. Does it get frustrating in press conferences because clearly everyone wants to ask Johnny about it this week? Um. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think it's when you're. That's an individual record, you know, and I think when you're part of a team that you care a lot about and you're the captain of, there's there's definitely more important goals. But as a as a competitor, that's certainly something that he's going to be very proud of, and and he's worked hard and he's a serious competitor. So uh, uh, whatever Johnny gets, and I've said it to him, he he deserves because he's 37 years of age and he's given everything to to it. So when he breaks that record he, he will deserve to do it because as I said to my players nowadays there's there's no hard luck stories you get out of it what you put into it and he's put a lot into it so I think from his point of view um, you know he's going to be uh, posting a new target for, for, for someone else to to to, to chase down um, Have you got it stuck into the mint tea yet over there? What's the Oh, you did a little bit of googling. When no, you I haven't. I, I, I haven't. I haven't. I was in. Uh, I was in Marrakesh a few years ago, and I would be very partial to the you know the teapot with the amazing. I'm, I'm sitting here googling Tagazood at the moment. Fishing village north of Agadir, known for its surfing as well, Ronan. You've, you've got <laughs> yeah. cafes, surf I shops. Surf. I don't surf, but uh, oh, typical paddy anyway. Day one, just. Um, the lack of sun cream has paid a, a brutal price where days two and three will be indoor I think <laughs> <laughs> would you shins rec- are burnt off me would you recommend it is it, is it a place you'd recommend visiting uh, should I see nothing I sat in my <laughs> yesterday for a day he's like get off the line lads get off the line sure, it was Wednesday <laughs> two days ago he was practicing his kicking yeah yeah there's well, a, there's a, yeah the, the 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 decision the big decision today is whether to get the camel ride on the beach or not. That's the <laughs> ah you have to do it, don't you? Well, where we're coming from today with the, like freezing temperatures and everybody <laughs> snowed in, that is not a bad dilemma to have. Uh, get the sun cream on. Enjoy yeah. the weekend. All right, you too. See you, lads. Thanks Thanks for the chat. Ron on the line uh, from Morocco. It turns <sighs> out it's uh, twelve minutes past eight. Jealous. I was in Marrakesh a few years ago, and it's. It's a nice. Um, I've never been to any other part of Africa. It was a felt like a good introduction in that, like you know, it's Culturally not. A, it's just not a crazy culture shock. Yeah, I mean, it, there are aspects of it, of course. But um, and we went out around the Atlas. We got a tour out around the Atlas Mountains, oh. and uh, really nice. We went out, so they bring you around and they sort of obviously talk to you about the landscape and yeah, about the villages yeah. and about everything comes together and then you know this fa- I often uh, joke with my wife at home I'm like oh you know remember that family that brought us in for- it was just amazing they just opened their doors brought us in for lunch mm. you know had these amazing tagines of course it was all part of the paid for experience of course but, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> hashtag culture what's, ta- what's a tagine tagine is like the it's like a stew Moroccan stew basically. ah right uh, they cook it over a, like a, a flame and stuff. And it, gets, it gets it in the get it in the tagine uh, pot I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna book. I'm gonna book Mark. I'm gonna book either Mark. It's, not, that, it's not, not even hard to get to. Like, yeah, it's a quick flight, isn't it? Well, a three or four hour flight. Yeah, it's not too bad. Ta- what is it called? Tag- Tagazoot. I mean, Tagazoot. No, I'm not sure about. No, no. I can't vouch for Tagazoot. Well, it sounds like the, the Google images 
naturally enough look very nice. <laughs> but that's on a, on a lovely sunny day. Um, uh, lovely spot. The, squ- the main square there in uh, Marrakesh and the souks off at the markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd love it, Shane. I'd, a bit of culture. But I'd, I'd probably spend half the time in the Atlas Mountains doing a bit of hiking. Be nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. I'd say that's. I wonder what the highest point in the Atlas Mountains is. I'll do. I'll do a bit of research later sure, on. Sure. Get it booked. Uh, we've been told to get out of here. So, 30 minutes past eight. Uh, it is OTBM. We've loads to come between now and time for you this morning. We're going to go back into the rugby with Quinny in just a little bit. We'll have uh, Stewie Burnishaw in cooking studio later on as well. We'll have our Friday fire pit, as always, of course, and uh, whatever else it is that you're having yourself. So, do get in contact with us. Um, with whatever thoughts you have uh, don't miss out by the way on all the uh, rugby action rugby daily today in your OTP podcast network bringing you everything you need to know about the games this weekend it's all in partnership with Deliveroo Deliveroo some great bundles and deals to take down uh, with the uh, rugby so open the app and make your choice and watch your rider come to you Deliveroo food we get it after the break we're going to speak about United last night with Nardin Chowdhury OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Quarter past eight, Colm is just pointing out we've had some great comments coming in today, Shane. Yeah, I tell you, there must be a prize on offer. Yeah, see Brack and Jerry is the Bruno Fernandez of OTB. I love that one. That's a compliment. That's what I think as well. Maybe it wasn't intended that way, but there's, yeah. it's definitely a compliment, I, w- I would say. Roy Donoghue, MUTV every day. People give out. United were playing last night. I mean, we're going to talk about them, mm. naturally enough. And uh, we have a prize on offer, of course, as well, is this beautiful colouring book. Absolutely. For, uh, big part, people love free stuff. Uh, they do, yeah. We don't, uh, we're not calling you out for that, that is that is fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but we are, uh, MUTV, we are going to continue our uh, Man United <laughs> conversation, whoever that uh, texter was. Mm. Nardine Chowdhury, good morning. Hi, yeah, how's it going? Very good, and welcome back to the show. Been a really uneventful week since we chatted last. I know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a pity United didn't play on the weekend, so we had a long break for the, for the, for the Europa League game. So yeah, in the uh, just on the basis of last night and coupled with uh, non-events last weekend, um, in the Ten Hag story, did it feel last night like an important win? Doesn't obviously, I mean, it doesn't wipe out what happened on Sunday, but does it nudge things back on track a little bit? Um, yeah, I think I think it does. I think it, uh, the whole the whole thing about whether whether. The weekend result was a freak result. It depends on both clubs, both the clubs. So, like, if uh, if it affects your team, then it is a it's not a freak result. Freak result. If uh, if they recover well, then it's uh, then it's um, just a blip. So, um, yeah, it was. I mean, like when I say blip, I mean like a terrible nightmarish <laughs> blip that'll that'll haunt us for years. But yeah, it's uh, as long as long as it's as long as it's just a one off. That'll be that'll be all right. For like for all the good work that's gone on, and like pre last Sunday, obviously there was so much positivity about United. There was a lot of conversation about you know how many goals are they going to beat Liverpool by. But for all the good work that's been there, is it a fragile progress that that's there? Um, and that Sunday sort of planted seeds of doubt about, or is there still like a really firm belief that this Ten Hag thing is going to end in the most positive fashion? I think it's both. I think uh, I think. Um Ten Hag is obviously uh, an incredible manager, and you can, we can already see that. Uh, but I think any time any team improves radically over a short amount of time, um, it's 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 great. It's great if that happens, but you've always got to think like it is by nature fragile. So uh, the quicker it happens, the more likely it is that one or two things going wrong could. Could make it sort of crumble a little bit, and and I think that I think the worst thing about um, the Liverpool game was just uh, how fragile like the the mentality seemed. Just in terms of uh, you go four nil, you go five nil, and then like just giving up. 
and just being petulant and bratty and and yeah, so so that was the most disappointing thing because because like you want to see just a little bit of composure and professionalism. So yeah, the, the the game last night, although it's it wasn't the biggest game in the world, and uh, and even though the scoreline looked really good, it wasn't the most amazing performance in the world. Like it was it was really important just to get just to get that feeling out of your body and just uh, and just start like looking forward. And and again, from from United fans' point points of view, it's that thing of like just feeling good about your team again. So yeah. When you mentioned the word petulant there, I think a lot of people would immediately have thought of Bruno Fernandes and us. And, and look, he played well last night, scored his goal, was involved in a lot of the good things that United did. But last weekend, I mean, his attitude is called into question, to say the least. Even last night, Paul's goal saying he still doesn't believe he's, he's the captain material, that you need someone else with a, a different kind of personality and character. What do you make of the whole Bruno as captain discussion that's been had this week? I mean, in, in in one sense, I'd probably agree that like he's a he's a valuable player because he because he think the thing is he always impacts games. You get you see players go missing sometimes. Uh, usually, quite often it's because they they're afraid of the pressure and and they're afraid of the ball, especially at a team like United. So they won't impact the game. Like he always does. He always makes things happen. He always impacts the game, and he always um, pops up with with sort of important moments. But. Um, I would. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't say he's he's got naturally got like the like a captain's authority or sort of like the kind of way you'd want your team to be represented. But like, uh, like, but like the other thing is like, what do captains matter in football? It's not like other sports like cricket or or, or, or rugby, or whatever, where like it's fundamental and like and like uh, they they're sort of like really setting out the tactics on the pitch. Like in football, a captain is just like. It's 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 kind of irrelevant because uh, players are just going to look up to the players that they want to look up to and naturally look up to anyway, and and, and a captain is just the person who sort of ha- like tosses the coin at the beginning. So I don't think I've never I've never understood why people give that much of a like care that much about who is captain because it's not it's not important in football. It's that's a really interesting point because we've spent a lot of the week with various people, and I would definitely have certainly have been, and I'm challenged now by what you're saying, but I would definitely been of the view that you're looking at. Uh, Bruno Fernandes as captain in that game and watching his actions with um, you know like there was, was a chat about was he trying to get subbed off or whatever which was clearly not the case but um, you know his more petulant behaviour or the lack of leadership almost and thinking well if that's what he's about uh, surely then it's okay for me to be sort of giving half um, half an effort here but your view would be that that's mo- obviously obviously that's on the players if they're uh, taking their lead from him and deciding that they can make a half an effort, I mean, I guess that's on them. But your um, your view is very counter to the traditional view of a captain. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's 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 very sport specific. So, like in some in some sports, like the captain's vital. Um, and I suppose I suppose in football, the only sort of practical way in which a captain is uh, is important is, is 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 he's the one who's able to speak to the referee. Um, he's the one that's allowed to harangue the referee, and maybe in that sense, uh, like Ten Hag's been a bit canny because, like, if you want one player to be constantly in the air of the referee and pester him and, and be able to get away with it, like it's probably Bruno. So uh, yeah, uh, but the thing, the thing is, like, the, 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 this place, like, like, like um, Casemiro, who, I mean, the players will respect him just as much if he's captain or not. So, so yeah, I just think the armband. Is mostly like unimportant and a bit irrelevant. It's it's a little bit like I I don't really care about like as, as United fan I don't really care about the number seven shirt. I think that's a 
that's very much like a modern almost branding thing rather than anything that was real because like people talk about Brian Robson and stuff but like in those days everyone was swapping jerseys anyway everyone was swapping numbers anyway so like no one had a set number so yeah it's a uh, it's it's one of those things that I don't think is is that important it's it's just it's just funny what, like before when you were talking about John O'Shea and stuff uh I, I was thinking of Bruno, but then I misunderstood. I misheard when he, and it's, you actually meant cult hero. You got to be, so you got to get your coffee in early in the morning because that's, that's really important. But certain, certain words. <laughs> See, the, the, the thing, I guess the thing does, I, I'm thinking is like, the, the, yeah, the armband is probably symbolic in many ways. Like someone like Roy Keane doesn't need an armband to be a leader. Yeah. You know, Steve Bruce probably didn't need an armband to be a leader. But maybe, and when I'm thinking about it now, maybe Bruno Fernandes is the type of, player who who does need the armband to kind of rise to the to the leadership role a little bit. Yeah, but I mean the flip side of that is that sometimes and again I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying this is the case with Bruno but like some some players sort of go a little bit over the top when they've got like extra responsibility like they try a bit too hard mm. and they try and affect the game too much and 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 that's when you get like uh like sending off, sendings off and like stuff like that where like they they're almost uh not playing the natural game. Mm. Yeah, he might have been lucky to have stayed on the pitch, in fact, last night. Um, when you saw the starting eleven, were you thinking, oh, masterclass from Ten Hag here, what an absolute genius this guy is. What was your initial reaction when he went with the same team? Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I thought I, I thought it was like, yeah, go, go out and uh, sort out your mess. Like like no one's covering up here. And, and also, like the thing is, the squad is is pretty small in terms of those those players that he, he trusts. So it would have been a bit weird if he'd, if he'd made like two or three changes after 7-0. It would have been a little bit weird because because it would almost be perceived as those players that he took out are to blame for the 7-0. So I think I think it was quite canny in that respect in that like if he doesn't drop anyone, then everyone's to blame. Whereas if, if like for instance, he dropped Bruno and Anthony and various other people, then like suddenly everyone will be saying, oh, he he thinks that they're the problem. He thinks they're the reason why they're seven nil. So yeah, I think it, I think it made sense. And, and and like I said, it was a it was a it was a it was a good performance. I, I, I do think I do think the other sort of score in the end was a bit blustering. But uh, but yeah, like uh, Anthony scored his normal goal that he always scores. <laughs> uh, which uh, and and again, like he's such a funny one. Like in terms of. Like the amount of United players who will be like moaning and flagging him off, but then he then he'll score his goal. Mm. Um, it's just goal. And, and like his same goal that he always scores. Yeah. Um, you mentioned about like I, I totally agree with that point about if he makes changes, people are pointing the finger at that. That said, at halftime last night or when the second half got underway, I was like, ah, oh, Delaw is the guy that he's. The, this is the one. This is the guy who he's uh, blaming for this stuff. Uh, it seems like a long road back for him now, or is that overstating it? Um, I think I think the thing with Delo is that like uh, he is that like beginning of the season he was really really good in terms of I've I've never massively rated him just because I think he's a bit of a well I've always perceived him as a bit of a nothing player um, uh, and uh, he just kind of does a job and but like that's it like he's he's like a six or seven out of ten like you don't notice him which isn't a good thing for a fullback like especially in the modern game. But um, he 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 started the season really really well to the extent that like uh, he was linked to like Barcelona and Real Madrid and and teams like that. Um, but um, he's he's totally gone back to type really um, after the World Cup. And I mean, in fairness, like like uh, Wan Bissaka 
was a bit of a game changer for me, I think. I think he's been a bit of a revelation since, because everyone just assumed that like he's off and he, and he might still be off, but, um, it's that thing of like, he, he added a bit of oomph and dynamism to the team, um, last night and, and he's, and he's done it in a few games before where he just, um, he just adds, adds an energy and he just impacts the game. And, and the thing, the thing with Juan Bissaka is that I like, I think he's, I think his, um, ability to go forward is a little bit, uh, over, like, uh, a big thing's made out of, about the fact that he, he can't go forward or he, or he can't sort of, uh, add anything to the, to, to, to the team going forward, which I don't, I think that's a bit overstated. I, my biggest issue with Juan Bissaka is everyone goes on about he's a great defender. He's a great one-on-one defender, mm. but my, but like his positioning is some, sometimes his cack. Like he, he'll, the amount of times a cross will come in from the other side and he's just not defending. He's not, he's not, he's not marking his man on, on his post. So I think that's the issue with, uh, Saka. But like last night, I think he was amazing. He might have been like the, the biggest difference in the second half. Uh, Veghorst came up and we were talking about cult heroes earlier on. I'll be very careful when I use that word. Um, <laughs> he, like the emotion from, from Veghorst when he scored the goal, clearly it meant, it meant so much to him. You can't help but feel like it's definitely a short term solution to a long term problem for United. Who do you hope to see brought in uh, Naz as, as that as that proper striker as that as that number nine like Harry Kane and, and Victor Osimhen from from Napoli probably being the two that that are most heavily linked I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, so much of it depends on um, on sort of like the funds that are available uh, and and also like I don't quite uh, get the whole um, financial fair play situation now because. Um, that seems to have a, a major impact on on who can spend what. But um, I, 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 everything I've seen of Osimhen, I love. I just think he's a great, great player. Like it, it's it's funny you talk about cult heroes, and one player that I always loved at United, um, and he never quite it never quite happened for him properly because of injury was Louis Saha. Mm. I just thought he, I just thought he was an incredible player, like mm. so underrated. If, if if he'd have stayed injury free, like in a lot of ways he was. Not only was he the complete centre forward, but like the complete modern centre forward. Like he's he was almost ahead of his time. Um, I, I I honestly think he's he's that good that, and and again I'm not saying he's he's as good as these two players, but he was almost a combination of Dwight York and Andy Cole in yeah. that he had the incredibly sharp finishing, but he had all the build up play as well. He 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 could dribble the ball, he could get involved uh, in other parts of the game, and like Osimhen just seems like. Um, like a, like a, like a, a next level Louis Saha in, in terms of he's that kind of player, but even more so. Um, and again, like you always got to be slightly careful of players who are having like a massive purple patch because you don't know if they're just having like an amazing, uh, season or whatever. But, um, the thing with Osman is that like his, his overall game is so good. Um, and you can kind of, you can see, you can immediately see if he was in a, in a 10 hard team. How he would have the time of his life, um, and be given full reign to do what he wants to do. And, and again, like, it's that thing of like, like Harry Kane's incredible, incredible footballer. And he'd be probably more of a, a dead cert sort of like guarantee of getting goals and, and doing well in, 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 especially in the league in, in English, in English football. But like, Ossiman is like the player who there's a bit more fantasy about him. There's a bit more exciting excitement about him that he could be like a player that. That goes on to the next level at the club, um, and yeah, it's it, it, the, the thought of the thought of an informed Rashford and Osimhen together. Like no one would would want to play against that in any league, like like whether it's Champions League or or the Premier League, no one would want would would want to face them two together. Mm. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Obviously, the younger player and Harry Kane is just mm. like part of his reason, possibly for going to United, is that he's just not happy with his current partner. It's just not, you know, it's you, not me. And uh, I've been given the side eye from this other club over here, and uh, and it may end, may end up, of course, being that way. What, by the way, just when we touch on the cult hero, what's your? How would you describe what a, the factors that go into um, describing what a cult hero should be? Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it's an exact science, but I think it's generally when a player means more to you as a as a fan of the club than it would naturally mean to the rest of football. Uh, and, and also, it's a funny one because because I suppose it, I suppose it's a ratio of how good the player is with how much you love them for other reasons. So, mm. so I don't know, like like Diego Forlan. Like uh, he was, he was a level player who wasn't quite good enough for United, or he didn't quite work at United uh, when he was there. He, he ended up being an incredible player at other teams. But the, the amount, of, the amount of hard work he put in, the amount of sort of like effort he put in, mm. the amount, the way that the fans were rooting, rooting for him. And I think, I think it's funny you, you, you mentioned uh, um, Weghorst. Like people are happy for him. Like a great moment last night. But I don't think. The fans have taken him to the hearts as much as um, Forlan, and I think part of that can be vulnerability. Like I don't think I don't think uh, Veghorst has got a natural sort of like uh, aura of uh, vulnerability. Like he he looks like a, a Hollywood like bully in a film, <laughs> whereas like Forlan, you could see that he's really struggling. Um, he's uh, he needs the fans to be on his back, uh, not on his back in a bad way, but like in support of him. And when he scored, it was it was it was such. A massive thing, and again, like a cult hero needs a big game, and like Borland scoring twice gets Liverpool mm. like cemented that. And again, like, the, 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 well. there's, there's other, there's other, like there's, there's, there's players that. So outside of um, teams he's played for, like how much do people rate Joe Do- Joe Jordan? And yet, like he's far, he's way before my time, but I I know he's a cult hero, like. Um, uh, Les Sealer, like he was my era. Like mm. outside of outside of United fans, like if you talk to Spurs fans or or West Ham, well West Ham's a bad example because he played for them. But like, uh, but like Portsmouth or whatever, like they'd be like, okay, Les Les Sealer played for Luton and he played for Manchester United and played for other teams. But yeah, okay, whatever. But like for for Manchester United fans, he's such a cult hero because he had these big moments. He had these big cup finals. He had that that famous cup final when he refused to come off the pitch, but when he had his leg bandaged and he was basically playing playing one with one and a half uh, legs. Um, so it's that kind of thing that sort of makes you a cult hero. And I think I think the I think John O'Shea is a funny one because um, he the, if if you take John O'Shea and you take uh, Darren Fletcher, both similar in a way. Um, in that they were utility players who were really useful for the team and always did a job. But like Darren Fletcher, like there wasn't really anything to hang your coat on in terms of personality or like anything to to really massively love. Whereas I don't know what it is, but with John O'Shea, th- there is something that is uh, they just fundamentally look like he's lovable, and I don't know why. And the, and, the and leg goal against Liverpool would help. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. But 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 again, it's it's that thing of like like uh, it's a trier. Like people love a trier. People love someone who really cares. Yeah. And 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 it's and uh, and John O'Shea. Like again, like he's so, sometimes it's it, sometimes it's just your face. Like he's like, like John O'Shea just got a kindly face. He's <laughs> he's a, he's a big he's a big he's a big hulk of a man. But like. 
he, he's got a kindly face. Like sometimes it can it can be it can be as arbitrary as that. But um, but yeah, like it's 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 also things can happen in retrospect as well because like you talk about Antonet, and then like these days everyone's comparing him to like Nani, uh, saying uh, oh the thing with Nani is that like uh, uh, if uh, if Anthony was half as good as Nani, then like we'd be happy. Like why can't he be more like Nani? Like but like. You go back to that time, he did everyone's head in. Like, everyone would always be slagging him off. Everyone would be saying how frustrating he was. But, like, in retrospect, now people people love him. The same people who were slagging him off. So, yeah, I think I, I think with uh, Anthony, like, he's he needs to sort of, like, uh, prove... Uh, he Anthony either needs to be, needs to show more of his game in terms of, like... He, there's, there's been one or two moments where he's shown, like, with a quick passing and one-twos one, one twos and, like, breaking through. Like, he's, he's more of a player than just that shot. So he, he either needs to show, he needs to extend, like expand his repertoire and show he's more of a player, or he just needs to become really, really good at that one thing. And it, like, like, like Arjun Robin, like, like he was really good at that one thing, but that one thing was so, so good. It's like, um, it's like, it's like Christopher Walken or like Jennifer Coolidge, like they, in everything that they act in, they, they are playing themselves, but they do it so well that it's, it's fine. Whereas, like Jason, you don't want Anthony to become like Jason Jason Statham, Statham, who, who essentially does play himself in in every film. But is that is that a good thing? So uh, yeah, he gets typecast. Uh, on that note, and for the weekend, that's in. We have had a comment in here from Bobby Dwyer, who's a noted Spurs fan who uh, is in contact with the show on a fairly regular basis, saying, uh, in the tone of Will Smith, "Keep Harry Kane's name out your mouth." <laughs> that's the uh, that's the word the word from there. Um, Inshallah United. We mentioned it uh, last week, and you were on with us. It's out now. Yeah, well, well, it's 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 officially out next month, sixteenth March. Next month. So, yeah, so uh, so get 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 your get your pre-orders in. Um, uh, like the, the one the one thing I'll say is that like, uh, do, do you know like, the, the, there's the whole thing of like what people do where like uh, they're like, I can't be racist because like I've got a, I've got a, a black best friend or I've got an Asian best friend. What I'm what I'm saying here now is I'm allowing you to have my book on your on your bookshelf. So anytime anyone says you're racist or homophobic, <laughs> just just points the book. Like I'm, uh, that's I'm letting you have that as a, as a get out of jail card. You, yeah. You've just increased orders like uh, through the through the roof with that. What's it about? And it's it's essentially about me growing up in the late eighties and early well late eighties and the whole of nineties really, um, just as a just as the son of a of an immigrant Pakistani family um, and just finding my way and sort of like finding my passions growing up. And that was like music. It was like culture. It was, it was, and, and obviously a big thing was football. And, and it's about how I, how I sort of like ended up supporting United, how important they, they were to me growing up, how as as like a like a little brown kid, as a Muslim kid, like you desperate. I think everyone like like when you're going through your teenage years, you desperately want acceptance and you des- desperately want to belong to something. Um, and obviously, we all know that football is is amazing for that. Um, you can go anywhere um, in the world, and if you're wearing a football kit or you mention a footballer, or you or even if you mention you're from Manchester, straight away, like it's a conversation. People sort of like uh, can latch onto that and. Uh, it's just about how growing up, um, like that meant so much to me, and 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 how like it, like people look at people. I think people think about being Muslim or being Asian or being whatever, and football is separate things. I don't like for me. It was all connected, um, and yeah, and it's a 
It's also about like if I the, the funny thing is that that it's it's almost like an accident of birth that I was born in Manchester and had all these passions and got into Manchester music and Manchester culture and 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 obviously United like my my family could easily have moved to Liverpool or or somewhere in London and then I'd I'd have all sorts of different sort of cultural influences so yeah it's a it's a bit of all that and and, and, and hopefully it's a it's fun and 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 sort of like uh, humorous as, as well as sort of like touching on on those more serious points. And I think your your take on on Maggie Thatcher and Oz might might strike a familiar chord with some Irish Irish readers as well. Possibly, oh, she, so. I mean, she was a massive cult. Uh, excellent note to leave it on plus uh, everything you've said there has uh, kicked off a million um, questions in my head previously so rather than squeeze that into 30 seconds now uh, let's get a copy of the book and let's uh, get you back on over the next few weeks and have a chat about it brilliant thanks a million Naz alright see you later cheers Naz at Bearded Genius on uh, uh, Twitter if you want to go and check him out and he is absolutely well worth a follow and that will be a book uh, that I'll be reading I uh, did enjoy his explanation of why you should get it on your shelf <laughs> and uh, for that reason alone I'm sure it'll sell uh, it'll sell well mm-hmm. uh, 8.40 almost loads of comments coming in um, Nigel Gallagher says Shane's a sound man looking for the looking for the best <laughs> comment for the, we have this uh, beautiful colouring book to give away this morning for the best um comments that have come in so please keep them uh, flying in I don't know if that's contender Shane is going to be the arbiter at the end uh, the Francie Brady says every gone being saying that Bruno is not a captain we're screaming for him to be captain six months ago fickle fans with short memories that's football um, fans for you stop talking about Man U says Johnny Vaughan as well <laughs> Nanny was a nothing player says James O'Connor. he got hammered for not being Ronaldo was basically what happened to yeah, him yeah a lot of pressure he scored a penalty in that shootout win over Chelsea in the Champions League final when you have moments like that little moments like that then I think fans remember you a bit more uh, um, fondly uh, no talk is James Gill no talk of him nearly breaking a lad's leg uh, he's talking about Bruno from last night I mentioned it twice a little bit earlier in the show mm, yeah twice literally people have uh, selective hearing as well sometimes 8.40 you are watching OSBM we're with you all the way until uh, 10 this morning and brought to you uh, each day which let labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition is available now Alan Quinlan good morning to you morning lads how are you how are you getting on very good, thanks. I've got a few um, comments into me here for my uh, what I said to Ronan Agar earlier on about the overall quality of the six stations, which either I butchered what I meant to ask him or I've been slightly misrepresented the conversation. Mm. So I look to clear it up and to get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, Ireland obviously Go flying. Go match by match. Huh? Go match by match. Ireland flying, right? And uh, it's, the way I posed it was to say that like you feel like nearly an Irish... There's like an Irish guilt on some level about, well, maybe the other teams just aren't, uh, you know, aren't all that this year. And that's why Ireland are going so well. Uh, I'm not saying that it hasn't been, uh, I might have butchered the question. I appreciate that. It's been a very good Six Nations, but there is something innate, uh, I think, in us as a nation where we, when we're on top looking down, we kind of feel like, oh, maybe it's not, it hasn't been the best year. But it's been, it has been. Well, if you were to rate the teams, who would you, you'd probably go Ireland, have played the best, Scotland. England you'd, you'd have expected third? more no. from France probably a little bit yeah probably a bit I think Italy Italy, Italy played really well as regards viewing and good to watch but sometimes the Six Nations can be cup rugby and teams really kind of going at each other and might be the most expansive rugby um, particularly at the start of some tournaments but I, look it's been it's been very good Wales have been disappointing in the way they've played I think the Wales-England game 
in round three. I did commentary for that. I found it a really difficult game. Both sides just kicked the letter off the ball. I think Wales, England kicked it 38 times, Wales kicked it 34 times. The kicking in the Ireland-France game was quite high and similar, but just a different game. People were talking about it being one of the best halves of rugby they'd ever seen. And that's probably from neutrals, not Irish journalists, lots of English journalists. Um, you know, we were in the press room in uh, in Murrayfield watching that and people were kind of glued to it, thought it was a brilliant game, you know, from other countries. Um, so I think the quality at times has been the skill set and the ambition of teams has been very high. I think the execution has been poor at times. There's mitigating factors with that. Wales have been... All the off-field stuff has been difficult for them. Um, mixture of trying to bring in some young players and a changing of the old guard. Warren Gatlin spoke about that at the start of the tournament. Um, each Welsh team I've seen, I've kind of gone, well, that's not a bad team. That's not a bad, that's a good team. That's a good team. I think the cohesiveness and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, they've they've problems in certain areas. You know, I think Dan Bigger... Um, who is a, has been a wonderful player and there's no reason why he can't be a wonderful player for another couple of years, just kind of got into, a, a, he sh- went into his shell a little bit and was kicking a lot. That comes down to confidence as well and being confident of the players around you. They have two 20-year-olds in the centres the last day against England. Um, so there's there's been mitigation for them there. Steve Bortwick taking over for England. Um, you know, He said at the start of the tournament after they were beaten by Scotland that they weren't good at anything. Um, which is a massive Interesting comment, statement, uh, really, <laughs> because you know you think that comment will linger, mm. and if they don't, if they're not successful at the World Cup, well, you know people will refer back to it all the time. I think he's it's a type of person he is. He's a very honest guy, and I think he'll do well with England. Nick Evans in there with their attack, it's going to improve. Mm. England are kind of silently. Um, building a little bit. Um, obviously, they need to change their approach and. You can remind people, the listeners and anybody who knows rugby, you know, when Andy Farrell and and Mike Cass kind of took over the reins, our attack struggled in Ireland for a bit and there was a lot of talks about, you know, not using the attack breaking down continuously. So building an attack structure and changing behaviours of players takes, takes a fair bit of time. So England are in that situation. I think they'll always have good players because they have so much depth. Um... Italy have been the one that has excited people, really, you know, and they're three games. I think in, in Twickenham they were out-muscled, weren't they, by England, who mauled a lot and were quite direct, didn't give them any kind of loose opportunities. But their performance against France and Ireland was really encouraging, and we all want to see that because we don't want to see England getting walloped. They'll be confident this weekend against Wales. Uh, talk to us about Peter Mann. He was uh, in with Nathan uh, yesterday and it was a um, short but interesting chat. We've been, uh, you and I, in his house a couple of years ago having a chat with him about other things as well. Uh, and I actually asked this co- uh, question in the context of us falling into the trap, the same as everybody else, of not focusing at times enough on the uh, positive stories you tend to go for the uh, the other side of things. Well, we're so, nervous, aren't we, because so, of what happened in 19, you know what yeah, I mean? But, 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 afraid but, to get too far ahead of ourselves. About Omani, uh, particularly... Uh, talk, let's pay a bit of homage to a guy who's been written off plenty of times we have tended to look at Nathan put it to him yesterday we tend to look at Peter Romani as if he's like 48 he's uh, still 33 I think it is and with plenty to offer and a guy who is just clearly not going anywhere anytime soon in the best possible sense yeah it's he's been 
He's 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 a great leader, isn't he? And I think he's a positive influence in in any team he's in. If you look at the Munster career, it's been pretty tough. And um, you mean with coaches and stuff? Yeah, well, coaches and not winning trophies and always being the underdog and under pressure and not fancied, not having all that quality around him. Um, you know, and that's not to single Peter Manny out. Obviously, the other players as well. And you play provincial rugby for any of the provinces, whether it be Connacht, Ulster, Leinster. You'd love to be in a situation where you're a genuine contender for Europe. And that was something that we, all my generational players on that Munster team, it was something that kind of kept us together and not many left. Everybody went to stay there. We were going to be in contention. And he's a very passionate Munster man, obviously, and wants to win. And there's been a lot of disappointing stories over the years. And that's kind of hard to take as a player. Mm. So it's a real measurement of his character as well and his resilience to kind of keep fighting back and, uh, you know, going out of those disappointment blocks and end of season stuff with Munster and, and turning up with, you know, Ireland and summer tours and performing and doing well. Um, it's not a fluke that he keeps getting picked. I think his numbers as regards carries and um, wouldn't be as big as other back rowers. But his biggest strength, Peter, is... I suppose the breakdown and his line-out work is outstanding. And then when you bring a lot of leadership, uh, work rate and honesty and all that kind of stuff, he feeds feeds into whatever team he plays with um, in a very positive way. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's nice to see those things, those stories of players who've, you know, he's probably been written off a few times in the last number of years. And I think if you ask Peter, he's a pretty honest fella, at times his form probably dipped a little bit. There was one period there where people were questioning, should he be starting for Munster? Mm-hmm. So um, it's a sign of a player and everybody has those kind of dips in their career, even at club at, at club level. So I think it's a good sign of, of the measure of... And I think the one thing I don't think Peter O'Mahony will, will... I think he's probably seems a bit more relaxed and happier and content in himself. Pressure can have a, a, a big bearing on how you approach your game and sport because um, and you know New Zealand last year was he was he was really big in those big games and he's a big game player so you know sometimes you'd love to see him get his hands on the ball more because I think but that's not that's not his big strength and when you have someone like Doris around you you, I'd nearly be just here you go and it happened with me with Munster most of the time if I was a first receiver or a carrier I was looking for Dave Wallace Mm. because Wally was that get him the ball as quick as you can but he's done well and there's nobody can deny that whether you have any provincial bias or anything like Peter O'Mahony he's been a big player for Ireland and he signed up he signed a new contract didn't he recently enough for another year mm. and um, you know like nobody should raise any eyebrows at that like he's he, funny in the interview he spoke about the quality he was sort of removing himself from the conversation a little bit but spoke about the quality of some of the players that you've mentioned there um, but you're saying like as you know obviously the, he, he mentioned as well he talked about the line out and realising at a point in his career that he needed to have something that was like a USP for him essentially which seemed to be that area maybe the bit of a dog as well I'm sure is a well, is, you know the dog thing is just determination and it's an abrasiveness that it's natural there in him a fight he's the kind of fellow you would want to go into battle go to the south of France and, you know, with your backs against the wall, um, a crowd baying for blood, that kind of a situation. Someone like him in New Zealand would, he'd kind of be inspiring people around him to say, let's let's go for this. This is brilliant. Our backs are to the wall. So, you know, but look, there's many other 
good players in that team. James Ryan has a real edge about him back. I think it's brilliant to see that. Um, you know, Doris. Uh, a lot of them have played Furlong wonderfully. Even you see at times yeah, Fur- well. Furlong is a fella like if you're hovering around the breakdown trying to steal a ball and Ty Furlong is coming at pace, you'll know about it. You know, <laughs> Sheehan is um, so there, you know Porter has that real aggressive kind of name. Mm-hmm. You need that confrontational thing, which which is controlled. And um, I think if you ask the, the aside from me saying this, if you ask the Irish players honestly how important he is around the group. Um, there's no guarantee he starts every match because that's the competition that's here at the moment, which is a perfect scenario is these guys have got to keep performing mm-hmm. or else. And, you know, he came off early in the, in the last game. Um, you know, if, if you, you make changes and you want your bench to be an impact as well. So you want kind of tight marginal calls with players getting selected right across the board. So um, he's got to keep performing if he wants to keep going. I think, was it before the Wales game we asked you about the, the rivalry with the Welsh and you were kind of pointing out that you always felt the Scottish rivalry was had a bit more vigour and bite to it. Like, the Irish players in press conferences this week have been very generous toward the Scots. I think Johnny Sexton said it's the, the best Scotland team he's come up against. Is, like, is, that, is that mind games in your no, experience in the week? No, it's not, Shane, because if you ask me about Scotland, I'd be pretty nervous about Sunday. I, you know, people are saying... Um, Will we win? Will we win? The obvious question that you get from the layperson on the street. It's. It's. I, I don't know. It's. I think. You know, if Ireland play well, and it's the if, and there's no reason why we we shouldn't play well and yeah. and be in that type of a cauldron and perform because we've we've kind of done it consistently. Um, you you kind of have fear sometimes when you're on a really good run. It it kind of ends at some stage, you know what I mean? Or you get a bad day at the office, or um, like I know what, what, you're what say. happened to your team last Sunday. I hate to bring it up again, but you know seven up. You left the seven up outside Quinny as but, well. I noticed. But sometimes you can be in a really consistent run, and and it might be just something in the during the week where you've relaxed a little bit, or somebody, a couple of players have just waited for somebody else to do something mm. or expected it to happen. I think this Irish team are are pretty balanced as regards experience and youthful exuberance. Yeah. There's plenty of that there. You can imagine what Johnny Sexton and the likes of Peter O'Mahony and, you know, Bundy Ackies and these guys will be saying. They've been around a fair bit. Um, they've seen some of the tough times as well. They've all experienced 2019, that disappointment. So those kind of reminders and they would have the experience to remind Ireland if we're not on the money here and if we don't come with the right attitude and it isn't about kind of easing your way into the game they've got to go out and impose themselves because I have no doubt Scotland will come hard at them um, they'll be really energetic and enthused and uh, full of vigour early on in the game and pretty ferocious in, in their approach because if I was in the Scottish team I'm thinking the number one best team in the world are coming they're kind of similar size playing population to us uh, their provinces have been pretty dominant against dominant against our teams in the last few years um, they as a national team have beaten us a lot there's a lot to gain here there's a triple crown on the line we want to enhance our careers get better opportunities as players uh, with different clubs around Europe all that kind of stuff so there's loads and loads of stuff here and look you win, you're passionate about your country. They're very passionate, the Scots, about what they possibly can do. And I, I think they look like there's a bit of a 
zip about them, you know, and what they're doing. And, uh, you know, they had a tough World Cup as well, hadn't they, in 2019. Gregor, Gregor Townsend was nearly gone. So this is a good good Scotland team. Uh, Pierce Schoeman has made a difference to them. He's carries so much to loose head. He's powerful, strong scrummager. Turner, the hooker, George Turner, has been outstanding for them. Um, and their back row, Matt Fagerson, I think he's spoken this week about that there is no kind of hatred between the two mm-hmm. countries. Um, but he's been brilliant for them, and they're two centres, so they've. I think they've a real balance. People ask where, where where have they improved and why are they better? A lot of focus on Finn Russell, but I think there's a lot of other players there that can really hurt you. Two below two in the centre has been a great find for them. Hugh Jones back, um, really balanced runner, always looking for the gap. Um, so they have a lot of really good players on the scrum half Ben White has done brilliantly yeah. he's done really brilliant for them the uh, Ireland team have been able to today but I'm going to Jerry Thornley has the team here so I'll give people a sense of what he has and get your reaction to that and it seems like it's kind of replicated across the board maybe not hugely surprising but Hugo Keenan at full back you have Hanson and uh, Lowe on the wings uh, Ring Rose and Aki um, if this is to be believed is how he'll go in midfield uh, Sexton and the returning Gibson Park then at the half backs and then Porter Sheehan and Furlong back in the front row. Ryan and Henderson in the second row. And then Omani, Van der Fleer and Kellen Doris has become the norm in the back row. And then in the bench, uh, Kelleher, Kilcoyne, Healy back in the bench, Tom O'Toole, because Bealham is out, uh, Ryan Baird, Jack Conan, Connor Murray, Ross Byrne, and Robbie Henshaw uh, taking the 23 jersey. And that would mean McCluskey, obviously, uh, missing out as well. But it's sort of a mix of, obviously, a bunch of players coming back from long-term injuries, Quinny, and you don't really, you know, I'm thinking about Henshaw maybe specifically, but you don't want to rush everybody back maybe at the same time? I think they would have probably um, trained pretty well. And if look, I think some of these players could have played a few weeks ago mm. if, if in Italy, if, yeah. if needed. Um, I think Andy Farrell has spoken about, you know, the setbacks and, and how that's been good for the squad because you're probably going to have more setbacks in the lead up to the World Cup. You, do, you hope you have a clean bill of health. But to have... This much quality coming back into any side, any sporting team, if you have five or six of your best players, starters, British and Irish lines coming back into your team. You know, Furlong, what a player, what a what a leader, um, great experience. Um, he's a British and Irish line. O'Mahony is. Uh, Robbie Henshaw is. Gibson Park probably would be if, there's a, if there was one pick this year. Gary Ringrose would be if there was one picked this year. Um, they're incredible players to have back. And there's, is there a risk in that? The risk is some of them, namely Furlong, Henshaw and Gibson Park, haven't played any rugby in a couple of months. Um, I think Robbie Henshaw goes back to November, does he? With yeah, hamstr- of December, yeah. Ha- hamstring and wrist injury. Then in, in January, uh, Furlong goes back to the 3rd of December. Gibson Park is... He's had a pretty stop-start season with injuries. So um, we've seen lots of players and, and quality players come back and, and it's how they manage them off the field and kind of what, whatever kind of off-field fitness and stuff that they do that it can keep that endurance going. But nothing replicates playing matches. So, But to have them back and to have them back for this kind of last little block of two really, really vital games is is massive for them. Let's give the Scots something to stick on their dressing room wall, Quinny. Andy Dunn said we're going to do a number on them, 10 oh, to 15 I don't, points. I don't, I, look, if Ireland play um, and, are, and implement themselves and kind of bring a bit of power and intensity and... Mm. and uh, 
I think if they take their opportunities, Ireland will create chances and if they're accurate. Again, I'm I'm a bit of a glass half empty sometimes when I'm in this situation. So I was like that as a player and that kind of uh, invigorated me and kind of made me kind of anxious and that anxiety then you can kind of use in a positive way that mm. it doesn't allow you to be complacent. But modern sports people are not afraid to to ex- to expect. So I think Ireland will expect to go and win there and that's not a cockiness. So it's it's a real kind of another string to this kind of mental strength if you like that you expect to go and win there. Why why won't we go and win there? Yeah. We're not looking for reasons as to why not. We respect the opposition and, and it sounds quite boring, but Ireland will expect to go and win there. Any team that can win the two tests like they did in New Zealand, win a series. Um, I think they're very humble as regards the coach kind of sets that standard that, you know, you hear this player speak and coaches speak about the opposition all the time. And you mentioned it there, Shane, about is it compliments that everyone's talking up Scotland, the Irish players. I think they're very mindful of what Scotland can do and the evidence of what we've seen. So they went to Paris and they easily could have won that game. They asked so many questions of France and they'll ask questions of Ireland Sunday. So I don't think Ireland will be any way complacent. And if Ireland lost this game, I wouldn't be that concerned. Mm. I wouldn't Depends go, on the nature God, of the defeat. The, the, the airs after coming out of the balloon right. now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't because, like, you know, I, sometimes you play a sport, Adrian, and you end up um, having a bit of an off day and the opposition have this incredible surge and they get a few bounces. But of just ball. that all our frontliners, most of them are back. That would be the one concern. Then you'd be like, oof. No, I wouldn't because week. then you have you have an obvious example of that they're a bit rusty and they haven't, you know, they haven't, uh, it wouldn't be an excuse, it'd be a reality. So rolling the dice, bringing back the players, and I don't think Andy Andy Farrell will be, of, um, I think, I like the fact that, you know, he's quite relaxed about the cards he's been dealt yeah. with, the injuries and stuff like that. And as I said, they wouldn't put the players back in if they weren't kind of in good shape and training well and look sharp this week or maybe last week in their mini camp. But you still never know. You still never know. But like, if you had those players available to Adrian to put them back in, you'd be kind of gone. Give, let's, let's go. Give us in a in a word. You're going for Ireland. Am I going to be putting words in your mouth by what? Qu- as quick as you can. Maybe seven, eight points. Seven, and eight points. but. It could go the other way. That's the reality. But I, you know, I'll stick to Ireland, given on what they've shown us. Quinlan says Ireland by seven, months. eight points is the uh, yeah, takeaway. There's something for that. From this, but the Scots won't mind saying that because they probably think that you know they will use that little bit of uh, chip in the shoulder maybe on Sunday, and yeah. uh, they'll certainly bring that. Enjoy the games over the weekend, Quinny. Thanks, million. Cheers, lads. Catch up with you next week. It's uh, nine o'clock. You're watching OTBAM. We still have uh, Stewie Byrne and Shauna Cook to come to talk about this little beauty here and a little bit of uh, Ireland, uh, sorry, League of Ireland and Women's National League chat as well. Uh, and we are here, of course, with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shaver, your money back in the on night edition available now. Up next, it's the Friday Fire Pit. Cameron and Cathy are going to join us in the studio for that. First of all, John Giles uh, chatting to Nathan last night about Liverpool's mentality. There's every possibility that Henderson and Fabinho won't be able to get to that level again this weekend well, against Bournemouth. Well, if he puts on the same attitude as he did, as, mm. as you say there, Nathan, it was attitude the other day with Liverpool. So you don't think it's a physical thing that suddenly they were able to perform No, I think like it's that. more mental, Nathan. Definitely. It's more a mental situation. Especially when you've had the season Liverpool had last year. They won two trophies and they were there and thereabouts. And what happens then, the close season comes along very, very, very quickly. Very quickly. And it's very difficult 
Uh, I mean, I experienced a little bit Leeds when at one or two seasons we were off the thing, haven't got back, haven't won the cup or whatever it was the previous league, and it's a state of mind. Right? Everything, well, everything is a state of mind. But is it one of those things, and I know you often talk about morale, how it can just be gone like that, is it one of those things that quite often you don't even realise it's happening? Because it's hard to look at Jordan Henderson and think that he's let his standards drop just because they played every game last season. But he definitely hasn't been able to get to the level he's been at over the last few seasons. Yeah, but he did on the weekend. Mm. So you can't just turn it on. It has to be there. Do you know what I mean, Nathan? You, you, like it, the seasons go by very quickly. You're doing great. Then there's close seasons. Only six weeks, seven weeks go very quick. But but you're a professional footballer. You have to now get back to pre-season training and put as much into it, if not more, into it to get going again. What is it called, Friday Fire Pit? Friday Fire Pit. So we just put a bit more thought into dominating. Miserable and yes, you know more miserable. Yes. You gotta call it like it is. It's Friday, like what? The Friday Fire Pit. Am I excited? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Looking yeah. forward to Stewie and Shauna. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, more. It all happens on a Friday here, folks. Wow. Friday fire pit. Tis. Oh. Warm your hat. Of all the weeks to have a fire pit, we today is the day. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I did crank up my own fire pit at home a few weeks ago because I felt, oh, this is the mm. point of the year now where you, there's a, a sweet spot enough of. There's no energy like, crisis. Where in you can't be absolutely freezing, right? To have the uh, fire pit. If it's too cold, the fire pit is of no use. Yeah. If it's too warm, it's pretty pointless as well. But uh, no, we've all been put back in our box. Mm. What's happening? Uh, what is happening? I- I'll tell you what's happening. Yeah. Go on. What's up? Off the back of our uh, new look Irish football talk at the top of the show. Um, that was off the back of our pre-show meeting when we talked about new look, new look. On a jersey. Jerseys, jerseys, great jerseys, favourite jerseys. So we were talking about what's your favourite jersey in the sport. But before we get to any of that, we were talking about the new look logo and crest for Ireland. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is on screen there. That's the Boston American yeah. looking pub. Pretty good. Or, you know, knockoff pennies, duns, whatever way you want to look at it. So we said, can we do any better than that? Well, oh, he's ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step up. Cameron Hill, yeah. who has designed yeah. this look, look at this. for Irish football. Now, we have it on beauty. screen there. You'll see it now in a second. And there's that. a picture. There you have it on screen. There it is now, in quality. That is, <laughs> simply, <laughs> that is beautiful. 4K. The simplicity of it. The shamrock. Your yeah. favourite word underneath. That was, the, you know? that was the one that was on the blue jersey. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. basically just copied the one that was on the blue jersey. Yeah, had it up on the screen and just kind of traced it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not far off, is it? No, it's not too far off. I was kind of thinking, what will I do? Um, but yeah, apparently we were all meant to do it. But true to form... Back in school, I was the only one to do the homework. Well, so. to be absolutely fair about the whole thing, of course, it was like suggested at 25 past seven and we've been slightly busy. Inspired. In and um, Whole ad break. To do, well, but anyway. this is what I want to know from the artist himself. Mm. Limited time. Yeah. Simple A4 sheet and a pen. Yeah. What happened? How, well, what basically, was the I haven't been doing much of my job today. I, I spent most it's of the actually a performance review. Yeah. This is my performance review. Yeah, I just, you know, got out. I had the four, the four, you know, the... Four ink one. Yes. So I said, oh, oh, yeah. I can oh, yeah, go yeah. nuts here. All right. Put a bit of green, bit of blue, and then, yeah, was spent a good bit of the show drawing a shamrock. Which, by the way, it says Cameron Hill, age redacted. That is one of the great mysteries of OTV. We'll never know Cameron's age. He's like a Jesse Lingard. He'll always be young. Yeah. You know? I, I, I have Jeez, the information. I didn't know where that comparison was going, Shane. That's yeah. always young. Uh, dodgy territory. Mm. <laughs> I, am, I have the pleasure of being privy to the information, but it shall not be revealed. Ah. Mm. Redacted shall remain. Yeah. The mystery, but um, thank you for the creation. Because, thank you. Um, yeah. 
you know, Adrian, it takes a lot to do that in such a short space of time mm. to be that creative. Have we anything else on the list or are we going to like... <laughs> I, I'm fine with the praise, to be honest, if that's yeah, okay. Well, I thought about that. Well, I mean, Adrian, I did touch on it there, but I just wanted to get the art... First bit of art on the show, bit of culture, no harm, especially mm. on a Friday. First bit of art in the but, show, yeah. Um, what I'd like to hear, Adrian, because yeah. I, I can feel yeah. your impatience there. You're of, tapping of, away. Of all like. the days to say the first bit of art in the show, coloring yeah. book. Yeah, that was the, that was the joke mm. there. And so your favorite, um, your favorite your jersey, Adrian. Yep. Um, have to be go, go with somebody else. Go with somebody else, Cameron. Come on, you've been thinking. Oh, Shane Hannon is is doing oh, the the distant yeah. thinking. Yeah, I like doing Enjoy that. Smell the fart acting. Monaghan 1988 Ulster title winning. Simplistic, white, lovely blue collar. Yeah. Very simple, just the crest. S- simple is best, I think, when it comes to jerseys. Who was the sponsor? There was no sponsor. Oh, that wasn't pre sponsor days, was it? Or was it just a man and couldn't get a sponsor? I don't know. <laughs> I thought this is the new No, there was definitely era. sponsors at that point. I, I, not in the retro jersey I have. Pack on uh, the Mead jersey is one that comes to mind. This okay. Mon- oh, Monaghan yeah, yeah. Idiot was simple. No, no. I'm not talking about the. That was a nice jersey, but I mean more that there were actually sponsors. No, I think it was. See, it's simple. No, there's nothing on it. I'll, you can see a photo of it there. It's kind of. It's you're nice. not be able to see it on screen. You'll have to. You'll have to Google. Have to look it up, yeah. <laughs> you Google that yourself, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we, we haven't prepared this <laughs> item, so you just Google away. There, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I haven't put a thought into it. That that'll be my answer. I have to say, simple Italian ID Ireland jersey is an obvious uh, answer, but. Mm. Too obvious, maybe. I have a few interesting ones, like uh, Trevor Giles. Was that the one? So, sorry, 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 go sorry. On, go ahead. That wasn't the one with the perforated... Was that 88 with the perforated um, arm on it? I had that one at home. I think that might be my, my favourite. That was the 88 one, wasn't it? Italian Remember that 88? one, the little white perforated... You're all looking with sort of blank stares as if to say perforated. What? What are we talking Raiders, about? Yeah. There was a lovely... Um, well, I'll have to start Googling now. And you can fill the air by coming yeah. talking about something else. <laughs> Well, I, I was just saying, uh, Trevor Giles, people probably know where that's going already, but the, the short sleeve look like, I mean, he broke yeah, yeah, parts, yeah. but uh, the way he wore that. And then three years later, Cameroon at the 2002 World Cup, do you remember their vest top? Cameroon Hill. Cameroon Hill, they had a yeah. vest jersey with the bl- kind of oh, black yeah. underneath t-shirt looking design. And then, this, this kind of an unusual jersey category, a subcategory within this topic, mm-hmm. is Manchester United's away jersey in the 2001-2 season was reversible. reversible. I had one. The white and the gold. What a what a usual. It was too heavy though. What a novel idea. And also United yeah. uh in ninety eight, ninety nine had their own Champions League jersey specifically mm. for the Champions League and a different one for the Premier League. Marketing. Way ahead of their I think time. That I was, thought you'd be all over that. I think that was eighty eight by the way, and it's an absolute cracker jersey. It has the old crest on it that this one is sort of based on with the orange circle around it and the green shamrock. They could have done actually worse looking at it here than put that shamrock in the middle of that crest I, yeah, I like that shamrock um, more authentic I had that jersey at home the little crossover collar on it with the orange line through it absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. belter I love that. of a jersey you see I love I actually really do love hearing people's stories about their favourite jerseys because it brings back oh, I'm straight back memories. Memories. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Um, incorporating the sponsor into the jersey is an art form in itself I love when it's, it really blends well with the jersey because like having the sponsor there and having a clunky I think it's the one problem I'd have with like the old Westmead ones is that big yellow square for the Renault kind of took away from it just a touch see I don't know why they so they did that for a couple of years and then somebody went oh do you know what we'll just put that on white and stick it on the jersey and now it looks class yeah it looks way better I love that yeah it's a subtle little um, a a Sousson class 
a sousson. Do you try in the most interviews you do just, just you're a bit like he says Malachi O'Rourke you say something in French yeah yeah actually Fergus Kyo wants you to do more French pronunciations here Cameron in the comments yeah because he gave out about my pronunciation of Null le Grey that's exactly what he's mentioning here yeah exactly well listen Fergus okay your sponsor point totally agree with um, the Lions jersey from 2001 sponsor NTL yeah. and ah, for whatever yeah. reason that just Old worked school. beautifully with that jersey so it was ah, predominantly yeah. navy with red on the top third let's say and in the bottom two thirds was navy I was at home recently home home in Cork and opened the cupboard and there was at home the wardrobe that's an interesting story well I'm just saying it was a nice jersey you know that's the whole topic yeah, yeah. you can get on board with it or you can't I can move on <laughs> that's the if whole I, topic if you're not into this that's the whole I'll topic on, you know? it's the defensive tone I mean, now I look Cork. Adrian cynicism is the easiest position I'm just saying that creativity is cool the story, is bro. Very respect the, uh, you know what the kids say I can move on if people aren't feeling this there's no problem at all um, mm. my favourite jerseys are well um, people who follow or are kind of rugby hipsters like myself the sevens ones are used to be back in like the 2010s used to be absolutely fire you'd look at them and it was the um, great pity of us not being really sevens material is that we never got our chance to do it in the early 10s but some of them are sublime but I think the best jerseys are the Argentina World Cup away ones in rugby they're if Argentina do a good jersey across the board yeah I think it just yeah they really get it right don't they I love, but the 2015 World Cup one is sublime. What was that? It's just really subtle dark blue, but kind of fades to a lighter blue down the jersey. Oh, nice! Stop the lights. Oh, Colum's hiding. We have a comment uh, ourselves here. Colum, pick up the jersey to your right. Irish women's jersey, lovely, yeah. very nice sign there. Do you know what we could do um, for next week's show? Because it would tap into your outrageousness. What? And if everybody's on board for this... My outrageousness? Wear, yeah. Wear the most outrageous jersey that you have in the cupboard at home. Oh, wow. Okay. It has to be a jersey. I bought, I, and I think about this specifically because I know exactly what I'm jersey. wearing. Yeah, it has to be a jersey. I have one. Next Friday. I have one. I, uh, yeah, next Friday. What do you think? Right, I have one. I, I, have I, already, I, have, yeah. um, I've, um, I bought a Hurricanes uh, jersey when I was in New Zealand and it's a big yellow thing and I thought, ah, oh, like it's a bit mad, but it'll be great and I'll wear that for ages and I just, I think I wore it a little bit. We have to remember to do this now next Friday. We'll do it. No, I have one. Oh, have no, show one. next Friday. Do we have a show we'll next Friday? It's a good point. Oh, oh, we don't. No, we don't. We don't. Uh, <laughs> we'll still wear them on Friday. How about that? We'll, we'll wear them at a moment. When we're back yeah. after that, yeah. 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 We'll, send you, we'll send up a WhatsApp group. Here's what I'm wearing today. Mm. All right, yeah. That's good, yeah. That's great. Um, now, another topic I want to discuss because um, I'm getting notes here that the next slot is ready. And I'm excited about that. I do want to give that enough time. Yeah. But I do like this question. Which sporting event would you go back to in time to experience again? Live. Again? Again? Or just generally? One you would, well, you, you wish. experience it again or one that you missed. You wish you were there. Maybe you, were, you loved one so, loved an I would just so much go straight to, to Westmead 2004 Leinster final. I think you've told me that story maybe three times. Yeah. yeah but that's it. Like uh, 2009 Grand Slam game against Wales would be there. Mm-hmm. There or thereabouts as, the, uh, as they say. Pinnacle. I wish I was alive and there for... Loftus Road, 1985. Barry McGuigan beats Pedroza. This is a different conversation, though. No, 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 no. Well, uh, an event I wish I was... I, the parameters of this I conversation... Wasn't there, so I wasn't there. just like, become very loose. The parameters of the like, conversation should be set It's boring to say, oh, I wish I was at this event again. Well, that's, God, that, was, that's, that, what, that's what you were asked. Yeah, but the 2013 Oster I mean, final was great. Bend the rules I, I mean, I was there. I don't need to relive it again. It's the bloody fire pit, Jenny. You no, can't no, just no. bend the rules the better, The better discussion is a sporting event that you were But that's you not the, that's that not the question that was asked. Yeah, but the, it was, was the, Yeah, because the person who pitched it, me, 
Is that what you meant? That's what I meant. Yeah, well, I wish I was there. <laughs> I wish I was there. You might have just said, you know, you could have just said Bonus cyclone high. I thought it was fairly clear cut, but clearly I need to break it down into simple, simple terms. Jesus. That's two assignments you've missed I have a match programme from from that fight signed by Barry McGuigan. Oh, wow. Viking Gale GA jersey in Denmark is a beaut. Pictures, Tommy would be great to bring that on. Tommy, Tommy. But I do like the shouts. Yeah. By the way, the tattoo I wanted to get uh, was the Cantona when seagulls follow yeah, the trawler it's because they think that. sardines will be thrown into the have we, does, Are our audience totally unaware that oh, we mentioned it briefly earlier, did we? Briefly, yeah, I said that, yeah. What sporting quote from a sporting person would you would you most like to get tattooed if you were so inclined? If you were forced to get a tattoo of a sporting quote. Does that work as a pictorial version of the quote? Could you just have a trawler and a lot of seagulls? Oh, much better idea. You should consult Cameron for your next, next piece yeah. of work. Then how do you know it's, it's Cantona? Do you have to get something Cantona? I have Cantona on the little, boat. Little French flag, Cant- Cameron. Little French flag on the little boat. Little French, French flag. flag. Yeah, uh, or uh, drapeau, as they say in French. Do you know what? I might, I might get this tattoo and, and chapeau for, for, for TV. Yeah, yeah. Chapeau. I'm going to do it, yeah. Would you do that? Yeah. Would you do it for the name of content? I would, actually. Get my sister to maybe design it. She's a graphic designer, so she can draw it up for me. Could Adrian do the tattoo after a few lessons? It, we get Adrian, Adrian some lessons of the tattoo. tattoo. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. think that would be a good idea. And Very then we'll film Adrian do it. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. I mean, that, that's so you now. Even if you were able to do it, you wouldn't do it. Mm. That'd be ridic- if I was able to do it... Well, I feel like you'd refuse an artistic No, why would I do that? I feel like you would. Trying to think, how would you draw, how would you um, imagine as a tattoo, like as a picture, the Brian O'Driscoll knowledge is knowing a tomato? Oh, it's fruit. a tomato and it's a rugby ball and. But not wisdom is knowing not putting it in a fruit salad. Are you kind of, how do you make someone look well, reluctant would, then, then, to put a tomato in? Don't put a fruit salad in your. Uh, but that's the. Uh, a I, big, big tattoo of Brian O'Driscoll's face. Jeez. Cameron could design the tattoo potentially because he's, yeah. he's there you got go. priors here. That's that. the, I mean, because that was so good. Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah. yeah, guys. The Viking Gales jersey is gorgeous. Is it? Our own Dara there just put it into the chat. That's the one that Tommy Tommy mentioned that's, that's in the live YouTube comments. Oh my God. Have a look. Well, I mean, look, Dara oh, found wow. this in 10 seconds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell, you're telling look. our audience to Google it. Yeah, go, yeah. There's so much going on there. Food, uh, but it's we can't feed you everything. Are you, are you actually going to get a um, tat of, um, uh, of the canton? Well, uh, of something. I think I will, yeah. I think no. So I, you're, you're genuinely you're within, within the next month or two, yeah. Right. Month. Let's just put a date on it. Do yeah. What is it? The tenth of March. Tenth of March. Where will you get it? T- where in your body will you get it? <laughs> this question got asked earlier. Where will you get yeah, it? A tattoo. I got it that chopped down the keys there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very good. I'll get it somewhere in the arm, on the left arm, maybe. All my tattoos are on the left side of my body. Are All you going to be? Cause you, at the rate, what, what age did you get your first tattoo? I was on the J one. I was twenty twenty one. And what age are you now? Twenty two. Uh, I'll be thirty this year. <laughs> twenty two. Okay, so you've eleven tattoos in nine years. Yeah. At that rate of going, rate. you're going to be busy. Yeah, that's like as like many. Erling Haaland tattoo rate. Do you think you'll ever stop? Nah. Just keep going. Ah, sure. Oh, your body's a canvas, back. lads. You know. Have you any no go areas? Uh, I'm one, sorry. one in particular. But, um, Have you any? I'll add to word that. Yeah, I would do. I, I would do. I think. I think. Look, there would be no go. The body's just a, a vessel. Do you know? Would you get anything around your face or? No, I was sorry. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get anything on the face. Anything after that is fair game. Anything after that is fair game. Yeah. Right? Is so your philosophy the opposite to my body is a temple? I think that's unfair. Well, both, the, like, look after your body health, health-wise, but I mean, the outside of it doesn't really but matter. But why is your body not a temple if you scribbled on it like a child? I was wondering if it was the opposite to temple. It, it, the tattoos remind me of, of uh, happy moments and, and good things. Yeah. So I think huh? I think there's a good reason to get them, you know? Okay. So. Proceed. 
That's the Friday Fire Pit. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Uh, 18 minutes past nine, you're watching OTB AM. It's absolute mayhem behind the scenes here, and uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. Thanks for all the comments that have come in this morning. Um, We'll we'll get into those over the next while. We have a prize on offer as well for them, as you can see in front of your screens there. Yeah. And uh, delighted to say that the people behind this absolutely beautiful production are uh, joined us this morning, Stewie Byrne and I think Shauna Cook on uh, Zoom. Morning to you both. Morning, hey. Nathan. How are you? How, how's it going? Shauna, you got uh, snowed, snowed in, is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the perks of living in the countryside on a farm lane. Outside the pale or inside the pale, Shauna? Outside the pail, oh, unfortunately. Wow. Right. No, no, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're in good company here this morning, Sean, let's, uh, let's face it. Um, we've been talking about the book all morning. We've a competition running for the best comment of the morning that's going to win themselves a copy of the book as well. Shane is going to be the arbiter of that. I'm not sure how he's going to exactly decide. Stewie will sign it when he's in with us as well here. It's, um, it's a beautiful production. Uh, it's a colouring book with a difference. Stewie, do you want to... Talk to us about how this came about, what it is. Well, I'll tell you, I'll actually hand over to Shauna because it's Shauna's um, baby, to be quite honest. I'm here representing my daughter, um, who did the illustrations. Beautiful illustration. Shauna, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks, Stewie. Um, so myself and, and Stewie obviously met last year to have a, a chat about kind of combining um, for a game we love. And there was a few conversations back and forth. And we've always... I suppose connected on the um, ground of like football being this place where you know facilitates connections and and support and there's so much goes on around the game that that's often not told or goes untold and we wanted to really try to put something together that would would help um, give a platform to the amazing stories around the game and it was I suppose around the time of the the women's team doing so well and it was something I'd been kind of toying with in my head for a long time um, and I just said to Stewie I said like it'd be great to maybe put a colouring book together maybe something that you know, is obviously aimed at um, young boys and girls, but also could be picked up by a teenager or, or somebody older and, you know, they can kind of connect with the game. Um, I, I felt like there's been such a, an evolution of the game over the past two or three years in terms of like media attention and public attention. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that stuck out with me was uh, I went to a game with Olivia O'Toole um, last year and we turned up at the gate and uh, nobody had an idea who she was. And I was thinking to myself, if that was Paul McGrath or, you know, somebody of that caliber in terms of a male, uh, they would have known straight away. So for me, it was just about articulating that kind of connection between the, the past, the, the, you know, what's going on now and also trying to inspire the, the future generations. And it's great to have, um, somebody like Stewie to work with because everything I say, he tends to say yes to. Um, <laughs> and we just started to kind of bang our heads together and obviously, uh, Sky is an incredible illustrator and I mean myself and Stewie just kind of put the, the copy together it was it was all Sky in terms of the illustrations it, it, the, the book is beautiful because of her Compromise Adrian is that good relationships are all based on compromise yeah. so, so what was the point of contention here was it because like, like looking through the book there's obviously a lot of the uh, big games are in there the Sweden games Scotland games represented a lot of games going back was there was there a bit of butting heads at some point no no I mean we both I mean I had an idea for the edible football boot. Sean had an idea for a colouring book. Sean won. You know, it was. It was <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> no, she. I think. I think 
when she when she suggested it, it really it kind of struck a chord immediately because uh, you know part of you know Shauna mentioned there the platform game we love it's very much we kind of wanted to be a, a platform you know a kind of a, a voice for the great people in the game the great stories you know you don't I don't think we hear enough of those things you know um, mm. we're a little bit bombarded by celebrity at the moment like you know which is fine for some people but mm. I've I've had, I've pretty much had enough of it and so has Shauna you know and the colouring book it's kind of it's a, it's it's a beautiful piece because for for so many different reasons. Like I mean, you know, when I look at my kids, just even colouring it in, I could watch them for hours doing it. I mean, they could sit for hours doing it, and it really what it, what it does is it just it makes you kind of just stop and think and interact and take your time and just consume. You know, without um, it's kind of the opposite to what I suppose we're being sort of. What's been thrown in our face at the moment, which is kind of con- constant, relentless information, if you know what I mean. So, what we're trying to do, we're trying to re-engage maybe with the core values of the game, really, and just to kind of take your time. You know, take twenty minutes, take thirty minutes, read something, watch something, and try and consume it um, in that way. And the, when Sean has said, the, you know, mentioned the coloring book, um, and it's been a process for both of us. We've had to kind of go through the whole logistics of. Where do we start? How do we get it up and running? Where do we go? And we both just had to learn uh, mm-hmm. on the job. But it's been a great experience, and it, it is—it's a fabulous piece. I have to say, it's turned out really well. I'm very proud because my daughter did the illustrations. I was going to say how how close to life they look. Like Emma Byrne, there class. for example, looks absolutely like, it's a photograph. Yeah. So you know, it's it's what you know, it's a it's a technique kind of whereby see my, my daughter's actually in 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 um, my own place at the moment uh, doing work experience, and it's kind of it's based on a on a on a photograph, mm. but they put their own stint on it, if you know what I mean. And if you look at if you look at the images in detail, you'll see, um, and hopefully people will get the will get the book. You'll see the detail in the eyes and in the around the mouth and the shadowing and all that kind of thing. So it's so, sort of it. It's a it's an illustration, um, and it's it's open to interpretation for the person who's colouring it in. I suppose is it's best the best way to describe it. Yeah, I don't it. think looking at it, and I don't think you could have had any better to illustrate it. So it was a, hand, a handy coincidence that it was close to home. Yeah. T- just you mentioned there about like having enough of celebrity, and you can both jump in on this one. Just in a, what, what can you tease that out a bit? In a is it a sporting sense, a general sense? Well, why do you need Kim Kardashian when you have Katie McCabe? <laughs> you know, Sean, do you want to pick that up? Yeah, I can jump in there. I think um, for for a lot of young people nowadays, there's such a pressure to, you know, be on all these different social platforms and, you know, just be putting like training sessions up on, on um, Instagram and you have to be on TikTok and others be real and Facebook. Um, and there's so much of life consumed by that now. And I think, you know, it's so easy to fall into the, the habit of being, you know, influenced by, you know, here's what I eat in a day or here's what I do, here's all the, you know, 20 million things I do in a day. And for young people, I think to come away from that and kind of maybe it, it they can often feel the pressure and, uh, you know, negative emotions. And what we wanted to do was create something, um, in game we love that I suppose could just kind of, allow people to take a step back and, you know, and not feel that pressure in terms of re- read stories and, and resonate with stories um, that, you know, aren't about, you know, the top 10 tips to become, you know, 
the next Ronaldo or you know, here's a video of, of someone doing five million keep uppies. Um it's it's just more about giving people something that they can connect with and, and feel positive about. Um and that's that's where the colouring book comes in as well. Like as Stewie was saying there um, about watching his kids. My niece was up with me at the weekend and she's now interested in football whatsoever. As much as I've tried, um she's now interested and the, the colouring book was on the, the kitchen table. And I noticed she opened it and just started to colour in. And we started to have a conversation, um, not just about the people in the book, but also there's quotes in there. And uh, as a nine-year-old, I started to ask her about the quotes and what they meant to her. Um, and the conversation went on for about an hour, but it was an hour of now TikTok, of now television, of just the two of us connecting. And that's what we want. We want it to be a piece that will bring people together. But also maybe, you know, it's a, a way for young people who maybe you know naturally aren't interested in participating in sports per se but they can connect with the game in other ways so um that's kind of my angle on it i don't know about you stewie but that's a very good that's a very good point actually because it can be quite football can be a very intimidating sport i mean i remember even growing up myself um you know as a as a young boy and school boy it can be a very highly competitive thing and um it can be it can be anxious and, and all the all the things that come with that. Um, and to Sean's point there, you know, there's there's so much more going on around the game than just having to be a player and having to make it to the top level. You know, that's the less than one percent. You know, it's it's the game has the game brings so much in terms of positivity to people's lives in ways that you can't even sort of fathom and. The kind of point of all is that we kind of we want to learn what 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 it does, what the game brings to people. You know, um, the anti. I mean, I don't. It's not anti-celebrity, but uh, it's. I think you know. I want to hear stories about people who have, you know, experienced sort of life-changing things. Um, person in the corner or a person in, in in your job, and 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 there are you know we've tapped into that, and there are going to be um, stories coming down the down the stream that you know, and some fantastic stories as well. Like you know, and the game has given so much back to people. It's given a lot to me, um, and that's part of what this is about. This is me trying to give back in a way that I feel I can um, I can contribute to in a, in a way that I'm probably passionate about as well. I mean, I constantly get asked if you know. About being going into coaching management, it just it wasn't for me because and so I've been trying to figure out my own head how can I give back um, in a way that I feel um, uh, I can kind of feel positive about and this is this is the start of it. Uh, I love that uh, connection piece I must say uh, that Sean spoke about there and uh, I have a four year old at home and I have a six year old and. Um we, I can. This, this will definitely. We'll be sitting down and we'll be going through it and we'll be talking about the stories and we'll be doing bits of colouring. It's absolutely in the wheelhouse of everything. I think that's uh, and the opportunity to speak as well, Sean, is a thing that like I don't know how to introduce the conversations to either of them about. Um, here's how this team got to this place. Mm-hmm. Like I could sit down and bore you with a lot of detail about that, but you're going to shut down pretty quickly. Whereas this is a really brilliant door into that stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think especially for young females, obviously, um, there's a lot of cha- challenges, um, you know, for, for females in life. And it's about having those conversations as well with, with young girls. Um, you know, I, I was having one with my niece at the weekend, you know, um, she was asking me like little things like, how come they, they didn't get the kit supplied and why don't they not see them on television as much as the boys? Um, so it's about having those conversations and, and being real about it and, and giving them the, the landscape as it is now and, and talking about where we wanted to go and why we need 
both young boys and girls to to you know have the inspiration and the belief that that they can can change the game. There's there's been women um, in the background, like I'm thinking of players like Emma Burns you see in the book and Olivia O'Toole, but there's also people like Claire Scanlon, Kira Grant, Yvonne Tracy, um, who we just ran out of pages uh, for, maybe in part two. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that, you know, I think about that. We're, we're doing a lot of hard work when nobody was watching. So, you know, I, I really want to, to dedicate it to them um, and, and all the women that have, have put in the, the long hours and the, the passion and the, the pain to, to bring football to where it is today. It's mad, like, cause we had, we had Nora Stapleton and Benny Callan from Sport Ireland on the show on, on Wednesday on International Women's Day and we were talking about that, you know, and you mentioned the word competitiveness, Stewie, and how that can put young girls and young boys off sport generally. Like, uh, but something like this is a great in for them. Do you know, as you say, Shauna, your, your niece, like, no interest in football whatsoever, but it can take something small like this to, to get them interested and realise that it doesn't have to, be, to all be competitive, it can be enjoyable as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's so important. Like there's, there's so much opportunity within the game, um, you know, outside of participation. And, you know, there's an awful lot of opportunity for, for young kids, especially to bring their, their creativity to the game. That's what we want to harness. Um, you know, it's, it's that ability to connect and interact with the game and not feel that competitiveness and pressure to perform or, or play. Um, you know, the, I think the more we can bring that into the game, um, the better it'll be. And there's uh, art in here for adults as well. I've noticed that the uh, these this, you know the modern uh, trend towards a bit of Zen time, a bit of bit of me time. Yeah, yeah, that's for you, Adrian. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hard <laughs> days of work. Zen, go home and colour that in. Life is, I, I need this. Old, need it, I need more of this. Um, it's seven ninety nine. And where should people go and pick it up? It's available online. Um, with, um, I'm sure we can give you the link to, to share it. We'll out. stick it out in our um, Twitter account. It's probably the best way to do it. It's a brilliant production. I can't. Uh, I genuinely, I'm really excited to get it home and sit down with the kids and go through it. Genuinely, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, before we let you go, uh, Rovers hoovering up every uh, good player in the league. Shauna, is that, um, that that's <laughs> the, the only uh, WNL preview we need? Is it? I was going to pretend I was gone. Um, <laughs> Sorry, the snow is just brought the line. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, look, uh, it's going to make for one hell of a competitive league. Uh, and that's what we want. There's been a lot of attention, I think, and interest in what has happened our season. So I hope that, um, you know, it'll bring a bit of balance. Other teams have still kept really good cores. And I'm really hoping to see more competitive games over the course of the season. Yeah. Um, and I see there's a lot of interest um, with Sarah Rowe as well across the papers today um, with Bowles so lots of interesting talking points around that as there will be a talk of park tonight couldn't have had you in on a better day <laughs> Stewie yeah I think there's, there's, there's a I think Rovers are under pressure to get a win aren't they really mm. I mean it's going to be diff- that's a difficult game for them like going to Talkit. Um Shell's playing well to be fair um, results not necessarily going their way but just being pipped by a goal here and there um, so they're in a good place. Um, Shad's playing wise and big pressure on on Rovers, but it's early, Adrian. It's it's. I think we we need to remember as well. Derry got off to a flyer last year. I think they were at this stage six points clear. Mm. I think they're seven points clear now. Yeah. And, and and it all sort of May tends to be a very significant month in 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 this season in, in any League of Ireland season because it's sort of pre Europe. It can have an effect on the mindset, um, and it you know things tend to happen um, um, in that month. So, um, but it's I do I do feel it's going to be a competitive league. I really I, I I don't normally say that, and it would be a criticism I've had of the league in the last uh, five six years, uh, or maybe more because not 
to you know talk down the likes of Dundalk, Cork, Rovers. They're all doing their stuff. I think we need everybody else to start catching up, and I think that's starting to happen. Duffer thrives in these scenarios, doesn't he? Rovers coming to talk on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, look, he, he, he's to be fair to him. I think he's 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 doing um, a wonderful job not just with, with, with the team he has and the resources he has but I think he's playing his part mm. he's doing I think what we wanted him to do we kind of wanted to get a personality into the you know and, and to be quite honest he surprised me as well in how he's um, he's got a um, sometimes he's got that air of you don't know what he's kind of gonna say, and I like that. Mm. You know, I think we need we we lack that sort of sometimes in the game um, here, and it's always good to have those personalities. Yeah, for the uh, three-way um, tie that it was going into the last day of the season last uh, last year in the WNL, we would settle for a title race like that um, in either of them um, over the course of the season. Thanks, Melanie. Both best of luck with the book. We are going to put the link up on our uh, Twitter page. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, lads. Thank Cheers, Shana. Thanks. It's uh, 9.35. Uh, OTBM. By the way, I want to let you know that uh, today almost 300, 300 busking events are going to take place across Ireland. Sporting Today FM's The Big Busk for Focus Ireland. It's the second year of the campaign and the main goal of raising vital funds to help in the fight to end homelessness in Ireland, which has shot up by 30% in the last year. Uh, nearly 12,000 people currently homeless, thousands more at risk of losing their home and over uh, three and a half, about three and a half thousand of those are children. Uh, it gives you an idea of the scale of, of the problem and uh, help is needed uh, now more than it ever was and that's why campaigns like the Big Busk are so important and you saw on your screen there the ways to get uh, involved if you want to donate or indeed if you're listening to us uh, today, todayfm.com forward slash busk is the um, quick, fast way to go and get the details for that. But uh, as I said, a huge amount of events, 300 busking events over the course of the day. Uh, OTBAM, which let Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back, Neon Night Edition is available now. Have you picked a winner, by the way? The yeah, Chris has come in with a comment. Has anyone ever noticed how much Colm looks like a magician? <laughs> which is a fair point. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's a fair point. He, like you know the the dark and specific, mysterious look. A specific magician. He doesn't look like a magician. No, no, he's just not generally happy. speaking, he's not happy. <laughs> not, he's generally not happy either, Stewie. To be fair, that uh, <laughs> I thought it was it was it was commonality. It was very uh, very good point. Mm. Something I hadn't thought of before. So, Chris, congratulations. We'll get, get Stewie to sign a copy. Chris uh, Shane will get in touch with you, or you can get in touch with him, or however that works. And we'll get your address, and we'll get you the copy of this beautiful book out to you as well. Uh, Monday show the world famous performance rankings, all the rugby and football reaction as well. Jer, Shane and Kenny Cunningham are going to be interested. We had an email, by the way, which we don't have time to discuss now. We never thought about it in advance from somebody we were chatting about the Lansdowne Road houses when Kenny was in with us on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. About, remember the old cottages that used to be in the old Lansdowne on the co- Road? And the corner. And we were discussing yeah. whether, were they houses, were they clubhouses? And a Tudor look. Somebody from the US got in contact and said, my uh, grandparents used to live in one of those houses and had a huge long story about how important it was to them in their lives. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I remember being in them actually after one of the games. You used to think that you used to go in them. Um, in for uh, a cup of tea with the neighbours. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were asleep I think, they, I think they did move into a clubhouse maybe in their later uh, later years or some version of that. Um, uh, what are you asking me to do? Oh, Chris, the winner of the competition, if you DM us your details on Twitter, we can get in touch and give you the copy of the book. So, Congrats. Give us Twitter, our Twitter handle. 
Yeah, add off the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I just, DM I'm off the ball. What, I'm happy to do it. Uh, what Colm is telling us. He's, he's telling me to do this. I'm doing it. And he's still giving out to me. <laughs> you ever have a manager? Oh, I still got time like, to go into Pat Kenny, do I? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're up to now? <laughs> <laughs> you know this show too well. 9.37. Have a wonderful weekend. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.